This is Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Well, one more time in 2022, let's fire it up here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Great to have you all with us and best of the season. One more day with the Christmas tree, with the fire in the background, and of course the grand finale to 2022 and the Marbles Tournament of Champions today. This is going to be a fun one. Big win for the Jets last night. We'll get all over it with Murata Tesh and Ken Weeb. Talk a little NFL with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. And then our final duties on WST for the year is to team up with our friends at Consolidated Supply, drop the marbles, and award a winner bomber season tickets for 2023. This is going to be good. Um, welcome to everyone listening on the podcast. And, of course, all of you with us on YouTube. Great to have you all with us. Lots of Jets talk coming up today. We'll hit the World Junior a little bit. Get ready for the New Year's Eve tilt tomorrow with the Winnipeg Jets in Edmonton to take on the Oilers and much more. Um, but you know what? Just as we do this and I bring Michael Remus in, a big thank you to everyone from Michael and myself on the incredible support we've had through 2022. Hard to believe that we're going to be approaching our second anniversary coming up in just over a couple months uh, but it's been an amazing year, and uh, let's finish it off with a great show. We couldn't do it without the amazing sponsors, though, behind us each and every day on this program. Uh, led off by our friends at Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, of course, Little Brown Jug, Canadian Club, Culligan Water, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Consolidated Supply, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, and, of course, the gang down at Not Autocorp. Uh, one more time in 2022, let's bring in, apparently, the premier of Manitoba, according to Twitter. Yes, yeah. Michael Remus, what's going on? Congratulations on your appointment. Yeah, I got appointed premier on Twitter today um, by by the account. Uh, who's the premier on Twitter? Uh, premier who? So I'm going to be using the show to come up with some good ideas here for the province you've got a mandate i've got a i so i've got some ideas and if you want who wants to reply to my tweet um during the show i can i can do that but yes i am the premier so it's exciting excited to be here uh big day last one of 2022 also the marble race also coming off a big jets win and this show is so much more fun after wins and it just seemed like a, a fantastic atmosphere a festive atmosphere last night at uh, canada life center sam Gagne thousand games mark shaley hatrick had a penalty shot goal Hus. i don't know if you knew this you know the jets record since relocation on penalty shots i knew it wasn't good when he scored i was like oh we don't usually see these you know you know what the record is that's now? only the third penalty shot goal in 17 attempts for the winnipeg yeah. jets i believe they were two 18. for 16 or two for 18 now they were two for 17 now three <laughs> for 18 which is insane only a second one at canada life center the other one was on the road. Um, so, I mean, it was incredible. I mean, that was the the lamplighter there. Uh, I mean, Dubois coming in and just making it look so easy, roofing the puck, and he's just having a great season. Mark Shafley having a great season, and we're all holding our breath on Josh Morrissey after that one. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, just as far as Josh Morrissey, we'll get right to it. I mean, there was no real update, although they said it was a little, I believe the quote was a little lower body injury. 
He is going to travel with the team this afternoon and will hope to suit up tomorrow as the Jets take on the Edmonton Oilers. Um, You mentioned the atmosphere last night, and I've said this a long time for a long time, and I think a lot of a long time uh, ticket uh, game attendees will agree with me on this. The week, if there are home games between Christmas and New Year's, those are often some of the most fun games of the season, certainly crowd-wise. Um, it's always cool, and we all have friends that have moved away from Winnipeg for whatever reason that often come back to the peg during the uh, holiday season. So we're always seeing a few friendly and familiar faces that we might not normally see at the rink. Um, but another great crowd, full barn last night, sold out. Um, and it was a special night. I mean, I think the vibes were good right off the bat, Remo, because, of course, of Sam Gagne's 1,000th game. And Listen, full marks to True North and the gang. Um, they uh, continue to knock it out of the park with some of these presentations that they've done. It was absolutely first class. I'm not sure how much was shown on television. I was at the game. But my God, Sam Gagne might have the cutest young family around. Uh, his kids stole the show with the message to dad. Of course, his father, longtime NHLer Dave Gagne, was there as well. Uh, and it certainly was great vibes going into puck drop, although the game did not start well in the first minute. I think the first period was rather forgettable from the Winnipeg Jets, but holy smokes, did they turn it around? I'm not sure what Bones had to say in between in between periods or whether it was someone else in the dressing room, but the Jets came out as an entirely different hockey club in the second period and absolutely dominated with some of their best hockey, certainly defensively over the final 40 minutes and very much deserved a very important two points. Yes, uh, I mean, start off the game. I had flashbacks to Johnny Oduya giving away a free pizza there in the first game. And I feel bad, you know, that we call Johnny Oduya the pizza man because he had a pretty good career. But, I mean, you only get one first impression, and that was that was his here. But, Sam, I mean, I'm not sure what Sandberg was, was seeing behind the net, passes up the middle. Uh, we heard uh, Jeff Patterson yesterday talk about Kuzmenko's shot, and that was a rocket in the back of the net. And the Jets... Uh, yeah, they were. I mean, they always say on their they're on their heels a bit there for the first period, but uh, in the second, really picked it up. Outshot them twenty to seven in that second period, Hustler, and throughout the game thirty nine to twenty two. Um, so they really picked it up. And special teams. It was nice that the Jets finally get some power plays. We've been talking about you know how there's some infractions that have gone uncalled. Well, uh, yesterday they had the power play advantage going. Two for four, and then also shut down Vancouver on the penalty kill. Two for two. So, um, you know, maybe you'd like to see them score a bit more on five on five, just in terms of long-term sustainability, because we've talked about, you know, loading up the lines versus, um, you know, more balanced approach. But was the power play that did it, uh, did it for them yesterday. And Mark Shafley leading the way with three. And Adam Lowry looking strong, too. And I do have to give a shout-out to Stanny. A couple of shout-outs. Stanny, Kevin Stanland. Uh, I know Bones loves the draws. 12 of 17 yesterday on the dot, uh, 70.6%. That's pretty good. That line with Baron and Stenny and, sorry, I forget who the Axel. other. And Axel. I mean, Axel had like five shots on net. Their shot attempt numbers were very impressive in terms of uh, limiting the opponent. Uh, 10 minutes of five on five, 13 on ice shot attempts for two on, against and it was Coolman who was with them the other day, and they had similar numbers. And also, uh, Billy Hainel had also very strong shot attempt numbers, uh, limited against. So, I um, mean, all around great game against Vancouver. They needed the win, had to stop the losing streak, and now you're off to Edmonton. 
hey, let me just say something about Billy Hainala last night. I think that might have been his best game as a Jet. Certainly his best game. I mean, I obviously, you know, when he first cracked the lineup as a as a young player and opened a bunch of eyes, I mean, it's hard to compare to that. But certainly in this call-up this season, I thought that was the most composed, confident Billy Hainal we've seen making the right decisions. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it, listen, I don't want to say there was a big opportunity for Billy that opened up with that gaff of Sandberg early on in the game. Uh, but Samrick certainly has been a little bit more comfortable in the lineup, obviously, throughout the season than Billy has. Um, he looked just great last night. And I'm looking forward to asking uh, Marat and Ken what he thought of Billy. But, you know, obviously when, you know, that first game that he came back on the most recent call-up, I thought that he was just so-so. And that garnered some uh, some conversation, shall we say. Uh, you got to call it the way it is. And, and I'll be honest, I wouldn't even spend much time looking at the at the analytics or whatever the game last night. If you were sitting there and you watched Billy Hainala, he looked like, uh, in a lot of ways, like he's arrived. And if he plays like that, on a consistent basis, he's going to make it very, very difficult to take him out of the lineup. Really looking forward to seeing what he can do coming up tomorrow night against the uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Um, well, as we mentioned, Reem, you know, it was all about Sam Gagne to begin the game. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks kind of owned that first period, and you know, Connor Hellebuck let that first one in through no fault of his own, just an absolute rocket on a one timer after the giveaway. Um, but he did make some big saves in that first period. It kept them in. And as I mentioned, it just looked like a completely different team. And, you know, I did the pregame with Kelly Moore yesterday uh, on CGOB. And I was obviously at the game, so I wasn't listening. But um, from all accounts, listening to Kelly and JT earlier today, um, Dubois was very much... Um, honest about his team's performance and his performance in the first period. And um, man, it was just a great turnaround. And and that game, that second period, we want to talk about the blueprint, especially the blueprint of winning at, you know, as decimated as the team is with players being out of the lineup. That was the blueprint last night. I mean, they were tenacious. The forechecking was great. They did not give the Vancouver Canucks a lot of room and space in the neutral zone. Um, and everybody stepped up. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Kevin Stenland. I thought he was great last night. Axel Johnson Fialbi, I thought, had a really, really strong game. You know, Axel's had put a few strong games together lately after uh, what was a couple weeks ago, uh, finding himself out of the lineup for a game. Um, and I think we're seeing this competition right now kind of play out. A lot of guys that maybe weren't expecting to get the amount of playing time that they have been. Um, Rising up last night as the team knew that they were in a tough situation. And, man, I can't say enough about Adam Lowry. A seamless move to the wing. Another monster game last night. Could have easily scored a goal. Was tenacious in front of the net last night. And obviously did get on the score sheet with that nice assist to cap off the hat trick for one Mark Shifley. Yes. Uh, again, Shifley, second hat trick of the month. And how many he's gone in his career? Seventh of his career. I, st you know, I you know you look at that number, and I remember like the first three years or four years of Jets 2.0 when they couldn't even get a hat trick. So seeing with that one guy's got seven, and Hustler, he's also moving up on uh, franchise rankings for points now, seven points behind Ilya Kovalchuk, the the Jets huh. Thrashers legend for second <laughs> in franchise history. Don't you love those? And look, the home winning continues, 13 six and zero at home. That's fourth in the NHL. One thing that Bones talked about after the game, Huss, is, look, they knew 
they said this after the game uh, on Tuesday, they lost to Minnesota. You know, first game back from a break, entirely different lineup. They got away from their game, got away from their details. I think having that practice yesterday certainly helped them uh, reinforce uh, what, you know, what they need to know in terms to what makes them successful. And they certainly did that. And look, they got punched in the mouth a little uh, or self-inflicted at the start of the game with that giveaway. But, you know, once they collected themselves at a strong second period and uh, that penalty shot by, you know, we talked about penalty shot. I think that really shifted momentum in the building. You know, penalty shot gets everyone on their feet. And for him to deliver a goal, as we said, the third penalty shot goal in f- since relocation. Three of 18. Like, what's, can I do some quick, quick math here? Three of 18. What's that percentage? 16% success rate. So, um, not, I mean, not, I, no, not great percentage, but, uh, I mean, he just made it look so easy, Huss. And he scored a great goal. Do you know, goal who, scored, two, do you know who scored the okay, two penalty shot goals? Okay, Lad? Nope. Like, Little? Like, we yes. are, those are my easy. Bri- Brian obvious. Little, Brian Little had one. Okay, and who's the other one? Like, someone that I wouldn't guess, or? Someone that's injured right now. Oh, is it Ehlers? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Ehlers. One against Pittsburgh and one against Tampa. Those are the two successful oh, Thank you for shots. looking that up. Thank you. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good game. I yeah, mean, well, to guess. we'll maybe add it. We'll be doing, maybe we'll get up to Little Brown Jug, do another trivia event. And uh, anyone that was listening today can remember that. We'll put that in on the questions uh, going on. Matt, I, I, you know, I've just mentioned the crowd. Um, and I know a lot of, has been made. I don't know whether some of the scribes were tweeting about the good attendances. I know there's been something made, uh, you know, amongst some in the media about some of the attendances that had been a little lacking. Uh, but I got to say, uh, crowd on, you know, Tuesday was fun it was festive but you know just the game kind of dictated that it was tougher to get in and the way the minnesota wild played last night the holy smoke did the place erupt when pierre luc dubois scored that penalty shot goal remo and you know i think people had a pretty good feeling about the jets and where they were after that brilliant tip of mark shifley to get the team on the board and even up and the way things were going um, but it's but you got to make the most of opportunities like Pierre Luc Dubois did, and for a guy that was so down on what his team did in the first period, he as well had a monster second period, and as they said, scored that goal. And at that point, the Jets were looking pretty good. But man, what a huge, huge goal with two and a half seconds left in the second period, taking advantage of that power play opportunity to go into the frame with a two goal lead, which. Um, Obviously, a lot different than being tied or just being up one. And now from there on in, the Jets look great. They, Connor Garland did score a relatively lucky goal from behind the net, um, bouncing it off Connor Hellebuck and in. Uh, but, man, there was no panic whatsoever in the Winnipeg Jets, even after Vancouver got to 3-2. And uh, all it did was uh, give an opportunity for an empty net and Mark Shifley to uh, get the hats flying onto the ice. Okay, Mark Shifley scoring with, what, two seconds left? Is that the first time ever on a power play where the crowd yelling, shoot, shoot, has actually <laughs> worked. Because normally, I, I love that you said that. <laughs> normally, I don't think Mark Shifley's like shooting that puck, takes some time, but I mean, that's just some awareness. Or he, or he just had ears and heard everyone yelling at him to shoot and put one on net. Adam Lowry, you know, you don't really think of him as like a power play guy, but there he is in front and, uh, you know, his huge body making uh you know making a screen in front of Colin Delia who was very solid and the puck went in so hey you can't score 
if you don't shoot and um there there was uh mark shifley i mean just the guy's been on fire in terms of goal scoring this year 20 uh, yeah 23 uh, hey by the way quick shout out to uh our, our boy jay remo yeah jeremy what is up <laughs> Of course, uh, regular listeners will know that when Remus was away, Jeremy held it down with me doing the production for Winnipeg Sports Talk, and I'm sure we'll see Jeremy at some point helping us out again in 2023. Great to have you. Uh, great to have you here with us. Now, Remo, actually, I, you know, speaking of the hat trick, I do have one request of you as the premier today. Yes. Is there any way you can lobby Mark Shifley and the Jets for a new goal song? Because. For a guy that's scoring as much as he's doing, that song, like, I don't want to say it's a buzzkill, but, and it's probably the best named goal song. Like, if you're just looking at it on paper without listening to it, sounds pretty cool. The Greatest Showman. I don't even know what song that is, but I got to tell you, it's at the bottom of the Jets' goal song power pole, and it's somewhat ironic because all this guy's doing is lighting the lamp this year. And, uh, you know, we saw the people, and by the way, People are starting to get into the do bois chant on Hey Baby when, Lu- when Pierre scores. We mm-hmm. heard it last night. It's good. It's growing. I think that's going to be big time as we get later on in the season. But as I said, if there's one New Year's resolution, if people at the Jets are listening to this right now, have a talk with 55. I think a new goal song. Although the fact of the matter is he's playing so well, I don't know superstitious people wouldn't want to change yeah. anything but the bottom line is that is lacking a little bit the only thing lacking in mark shifley's game is the goal song right now because he's scoring <laughs> and and i'll say this and, and you know what listen it's kind of funny that this is the final show of 2022 and this is the way we're ending because i and many people that watched the winnipeg jets last year were down on mark i think there were some people in the organization that were down on mark um for the way that he played the turnaround of Mark Shifley this year is absolutely, I mean, we've talked about Josh Morrissey's ascendance to a star defenseman in the league. Shifley last night, it was a perfect example of what he's doing this year, the way he's leading on the ice every shift. And it's not the goals that he scored. It's the attention to detail. It's the hustle and the work in the, in the, in the end. I was with my pal Murray sitting at the game last night, and there was a couple times where we made a point of saying, what a great back check by Shifley there. Um, and that's what this team needs to do. I mean, it's all hands on deck. It's everyone pulling in the same way. And with 55 leading the way, considering the way last season ended, what we heard from Mark going in, I don't think we could have hoped for a better start to the season for the club. He's been a huge part of it and uh pretty fitting way to end this year on such a positive note for a guy that is so important to this franchise. Yeah, for for wondering us, the greatest show is a song performed by Hugh Jackman and others, uh, including Zac Efron and Zendaya, from the film The Greatest Showman in 2017. Uh, it's the opening track on the Greatest Showman original motion picture soundtrack. Not a banger. Um, not hey, a banger. Confirmed. Desp- despite not being released as an official single, the 18th biggest song of 2018 in the UK. Um, so. Uh, there you have it. That's from Wikipedia on The Greatest Show. And you say I, not a banger, uh, not as good as Dubois' goal song, but hey, that's his pick, Hust. It is. I'm just thinking that you now have the power of the premier. Maybe you can do some lobbying and get some changing. That Maybe. is the, that's the yeah, one yeah, thing the I would love to see happen happen next um, next week. Uh, or sorry, yeah, well, next week as we get into uh, – get into 2022 um jets hit the road for this game against the edmonton oilers 
and then are right back at it next Tuesday against the Calgary Flames and then Friday against the Tampa Bay Lightning and then the Canucks right back here on Sunday afternoon. So, um, listen, no easy games coming up. I think these are all quality teams. It'll be a big test to take on Connor McDavid and the Oilers and what should be a pretty festive Rogers Center out there in Edmonton on Saturday night. Um, but, man, the size of that win cannot be understated considering the Jets' struggles going into the Christmas break, the game on Tuesday, everything we talked about with things getting a lot tighter in the standings and Vancouver even knocking on the door. Um, you know, in addition to the individual performances as a team, that was a big one for the team to get two points and get back in the right direction. I think feeling pretty good about themselves going into a huge test tomorrow night. Yeah, you lost three in a row. You needed a win. And this was a team uh, that you certainly could beat. We looked at the, you know, Vegas odds. People were like, well, what's it like on paper? And uh, the Jets were projected uh, to win that one by Money Puck about 66% of the time or something. And they certainly did that. I see people in chat saying, you know, I don't, I still don't buy the Jets. They can't beat you. Well, you can only beat who's in front of you. They needed a win. They got it. And for the, the scheduling gods are blessing the Jets here because Edmonton is in Seattle tonight. It's going to be a back-to-back -back tomorrow. So advantage. Jets and I think they're going to get up. Uh, I'm, you know, it's good. I think it's going to be tough against uh, the Oilers and Calgary is playing very well. I don't know if you saw Alan Walsh tweeting out that Jonathan Huberto's got about like 17 points in his last 18. Oh, Walsh the... is tweeting. Man. Hubie must be heating up. Yeah, so Hubie's heating up, and I have Hubie in a fantasy league, so I'm excited about that. But uh, yeah, Edmonton, they got a you know it's a tough turnaround for them going from Pacific time zone tonight. The mountain tomorrow. You know you lose an hour when you do that, Hustler. So uh, so I think the Jets, you know, hey, they're taking the day off today. They're traveling. We're not going to have any updates. We're waiting to hear about uh, Josh Morrissey, uh, what's going to happen to him. And hopefully he's not there. It sounds like they're expecting him to be in, but we can speculate. And I did see someone in chat write that um, they didn't know Tyler Myers could hit on the hit on Josh Morrissey. They said yeah. he didn't hit him. Uh, Morrissey just ran into him and fell. I think that's what happened. <laughs> uh, Meyer, well, we didn't remember a very physical Tyler Myers back with the Winnipeg Jets, but he did uh, have a couple yesterday. Um, Turd Ferguson, Kenny, Kenny won't answer my question on KNR. I'd like to hear a discussion. How close is PLD to an eight-figure salary to commit here? I think it's closer than we'd like. Um, I mean, listen, if the guy's going to earn the money, pay him the money. Um, you know, obviously, you got to make tough decisions when it comes to a salary cap. Listen, if Dubois scores 40 goals and has 90 points going in, I mean, honestly, that's probably not the best time to pull the trigger on a long-term deal. But listen, whenever they can get it done. And you know what? I don't begrudge guys for making, for making big money. I, I'll never understand why some people have such an issue or expect guys to stay... Uh, you know what, below their market value. The market is the market. And Pierre-Luc Dubois is one of the top power forwards in the league and is a guy that's making making huge, huge contributions to this team right now. Um, does it start with, the? is it eight figures? Like we're talking 10 million? I mean, probably not. Could it be nine? I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, if he continues to put up the numbers that he's doing right now... Um, Absolutely. Now, whether he'll entertain that, who knows? But as I say, I keep going back to the vibes around this team, how much fun these guys seem to be having playing together, the uh, success they've had under Rick Bonus. I certainly think that the Jets' chances of getting something done are better now 
Uh, but again, that does remain to be seen. I will say this though, Remo was talking with a couple guys last night more about Hellebuck, and and again, you know, we're we're gonna have plenty of time in 2023 to chop all this up, especially come summertime. Um, but man, if you're talking about those extensions for those two players in particular, Pierre Luc Dubois and Connor Hellebuck, the Dubois number just keeps going up. I think we can all agree on that, and. I mean, man, with what Hellebuck's done so far as a Winnipeg Jet and his importance to the team, giving you a chance to win each and every night and how rare super elite goaltending is. Uh, listen, I think we're going to be talking about a Carey Price-like deal if the Jets are able to get him signed and stay here in Winnipeg long-term for another deal. Yeah, and this is what we're going to be talking about, you know, just an overarching conversation for the next couple of years, Mark Shifley as, as well, and I wonder if they give these guys um, big... Long-term deals to keep him here in Winnipeg. I'm, I mean, I have no idea. I do believe that Dubois, I mean, clearly his, whatever you thought he was going to get last year, that's going up. So if last year you thought he was eight by eight million, uh, it's probably closer to nine now. Maybe even, you know, we'll see at the end of the season if he's getting the you know 10 range. I mean, if he's a point per game player, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, and how old is he? 24? Here yeah. coming up, so I mean, it's right in the you know three year prime years, he's twenty four right now. He's got thirty nine points in thirty six games. Like what if he has ninety point season? Um, someone writes, uh, is the Kachuk deal a comparable? And I, I haven't, you know, we're just talking about you know spot here, but yeah, it sounds like that would be something you know kind of similar ish. So yeah, something- so I mean, listen, as far as Turd asks, I mean, I don't think we're getting to eight figures, but listen, if you're gonna do an eight year deal. Um, you know, we're probably talking in the Matthew Kachuk range, um, you know, if, again, this season continues to go as well as it's been for Dubois. Um, one other thing we are going to get to before the end of the program is our top 10 shows of the year. Uh, and it's kind of funny, some of the, uh, the hot-button topics in the days where we had the most people in here for the live shows on YouTube. So we will get to that a little later on. And by the way, most of you are well aware that this afternoon – at the end of the show is the finale of our marbles tournament of champions with our friends at consolidated supply. We tweeted this out yesterday. We spun the wheel. We had 526 entries, I believe from the website uh, and the three final marbles into the race. TTTT bone who has been in T bone's been in a number of times, uh, Rob Somerville and Candace. So congratulations, all familiar names and faces to, uh, well, names at least in the uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk chat. So good luck to all of you. We'll be playing for those bomber season tickets from Consolidated Supply at the end of the program. Our final act of 2022, and Michael Remus has selected the CTO as a great track which has been test run and ready to go for it. And of course, a huge thanks to Consolidated Supply. They are back open next week on January 3rd. And hey, as we get into 2023, we can start thinking about the end of summer and spring. Maybe think about some landscaping projects, artificial turf, irrigation, maybe an outdoor kitchen for the backyard. And listen, a hot tub makes every property that much better. They've got it all, Consolidated Supply. Pop down and see them at 1395 Niaqua Road East or online at cte.ca. And a special thanks to Joe over Consolidated Supply, who uh, was the genesis for our Marbles Tournament of Champions and their incredibly generous donation of those Bomber Season tickets that one of you, one of the qualifiers, will be winning at the end of the program. Um, 
we also have to have a huge thanks to Wallace and Wallace for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk and our Unsung Hero program, along with Josh Morrissey. Of course, Josh has been an unsung hero, I think, for a while with the Winnipeg Jets. But there's so many unsung heroes in Winnipeg and Manitoba doing great things quietly, selflessly in our community. We want to hear about those people. If you know of someone, especially around this time of year, that spent you know, hours, whether it be feeding the needy right now or doing things around the holidays to brighten up for those less fortunate, let us know about them. Just drop us a quick email at unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. Of course, we had Peter and Paulette, the Soup Fairies, who are our winners for last last month. Uh, we'll look forward to, in the new year, announcing our December winner. We'll send an autographed Josh Morrissey jersey to that great community citizen, the unsung hero, and... Wallace and Wallace is going to donate $500 to the Dream Factory, matched by another 500 from Josh and Margot Morrissey to the Dream Factory. So it's a win-win for everyone. But get those nominations in, WSTers. Unsung Hero at WinnipegSportsTalk.com. And, of course, a huge thanks to our friends at Wallace and Wallace for their support of WST. And, hey, heading into uh, New Year's, Vita Health Fresh Market is ready for you. I mean, if you're uh, thinking about a little healthier New Year's Eve or a healthier 2023, Vita Health's got you covered with great prices on natural organic supplements, beauty products, and groceries. And of course, healthier snack options, drink mixes, non-alcoholic beverages, and more just in time for New Year's Eve. Uh, Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives with seven Winnipeg locations, including the new store in Linden Ridge and online at myvita.ca. And a special thank you to uh, my pal Bonte, Kelly, Matt, and the entire great crew over at Vita Health Fresh Market. And just before we bring in Murata Tesh, Donnie and the gang at Manitoba Battery have you covered for 2023. Make sure that you're not one of those suckers calling your friends for a boost or CAA because you've got a great new battery from Manitoba Battery that's going to get you through the tough Winnipeg winter. If you're not sure if you need one, pop by and see them at 1026 uh, Logan Avenue. They'll do a quick test and let you know how your battery's looking. And if you need one, you'll shop local and get the best prices in town on batteries. And hey, if you know you need one, don't waste the gas. Just give them a call or hit them up online at manitobabattery.com, the only place where you can save time and money with the best price in town on batteries, and they'll deliver it to you citywide. Get your order in by 3 p.m., and you'll get it the same day. Manitoba Battery, 1026 Logan Avenue, and online at manitobabattery.com. All right, one more time in 2022. Let's bring in our pal Murata Tesh of The Athletic. Marat, what's going on? Happy New Year to you, my friend. Happy New Year. One more time in 2022. That, that just hit me. I got to be honest. It's been a privilege and a pleasure to be here with you. Well, you're, uh, listen, a great friend and uh, a very popular guest. We figured we'd finish strong with our final show. And uh, uh, great to have you on today. And, uh, man, good vibes around the hockey team. Good vibes last night in the building. Um, you know, a night that started off with that amazing ceremony for Sam Gagne and then started off with a bit of a thud. Um, a pizza served up by Dylan Stamberg. Uh, an underwhelming first period, to say the least. But, man, I don't know what happened in that locker room, whether it was the coaches or the players themselves. The Winnipeg Jets came out, for my money, had one of their best periods of hockey of the entire season, completely taking over and dominating the second. And and being rewarded for it, Marotten was a huge part of a, a very big 
uh, streak-breaking win last night on home ice in front of a full house. I mean, yeah, the key thing was to to break that streak. To get that win for Sam Gagne, it was nice, I'm sure, for the team as well. But three games in a row was as long as it had gotten all year. This was a problem. To start the first period the way they did, that was a problem. That was a major giveaway. And, uh, you know, Dylan Sandberg would certainly want that moment back. And then you get into... You get into the way they came back and won. And remember, Rick Bonus has recently called the margin of error for the Winnipeg Jets slim right now. It's very thin. That's what happens when you're missing three of your top six forwards, five of your top nine. I think five players have played for the Moose so far this season. Two more have been picked up on waivers. You know, a third of this team is replacement level right now, and yet they've been able to more or less stay afloat. So the way that they were able to win was by getting back to the basics playing cleaner in the neutral zone, picking up pucks, getting them in deep, doing those boring but effective things. And for a long stretch, you wondered, did they have the offensive chops to get paid for it? Were they going to turn some of those, you know, that nice play at the point between Billy Hanela and uh, Brendan Dillon or Dylan Sandberg later on in the game into some offense that, that, that counted in terms of, you know, getting those deflections in or what have you. Eventually the power play gets it going for them. Mark Shifley makes a couple of big plays and those slim margins for error where you can't realistically give up a goal for free like Winnipeg did. Well, things get a whole lot better if you win the special teams games and uh, and your big stars like Mark Shifley come up with those goals because, you know, who else was going to do it on a night like that with such a gutted roster? It had to be somebody like him and Winnipeg got paid for it got the win, got back to good vibes. You know, it's interesting you bring that up, Marab, because, I mean, a lot of our conversations here was on the fact that, you know, Rick Bonus sort of felt like he was forced to load that top line up going into the Minnesota game uh, with Shifley playing alongside Dubois and Connor. Um, went away from that going into last night's game and interestingly moved Adam Lowry off of center to the wing with Mark Shifley. Um, I got to tell you, I thought Adam Lowry had a monster game and was a big, big part of the success Mark Shifley had at 5-on-5. Five five. Um, and then, of course, when it came to the power play, everybody stepped up, led by 55, who um, just had another monster game, not just offensively, though. I mentioned, mentioned this in the in the opening. Some real key back checks. I mean, I, I thought last night was a perfect example of Mark Shifley, the player he's been pretty much throughout this entire season for the Winnipeg Jets, and why that has been such a difference maker from what we saw last season. I mean, my goodness, what what a turn for him last season to this season, the complete game or something close to it. I don't think anybody expects Mark Shifley to be a perfect defensive player, but when he's dialed in, he can do things that mean that his defensive impact plus the amount of offense he can create, that's a phenomenal player. That's a top-line center. That's the value that you want Winnipeg to have. When you also have Pierre-Luc Dubois playing at a high level, that's a winning recipe for the Winnipeg Jets. And Shifley, I think, just full credit for the, the push forward in his game this year. You mentioned the back checks. I mean, on the power play at one point, he backtracked to stop essentially. It was a, a mini breakaway right in front of Connor Hellebuck. Um, the play that he made in the neutral zone at four on four, knock a puck down uh, and, and send Winnipeg on what would have been a two on one. I think Adam Lowry was the other forward, but Vancouver was forced to make a, an interference penalty. That sets up Adam Lowry winning the faceoff. Winnipeg gets 25 seconds of pressure at four on three. Shifley finishes the play, and who's screening in front? That's Adam Lowry as well. I just think that that combination of of all around play, doing the little things in his own 
own zone, neutral zone, all of those things to get the puck in the right direction. That gives a guy like Shifley the opportunity to get paid off for his labor because it means more offensive zone time. And it's, it was a tremendous effort. It's been a symbol of a tremendous effort all season. And then you also factor in the fact that, you know, in the post game, the guy barely has a voice. He's been playing through a cold or a flu or a something, some kind of bug. And that's the game he has. I mean, that's leadership, I think. I think that that kind of quality at a moment like that when his team needed him. I mean, I, I'm very impressed. And I have to say, too, Adam Lowry is a good one to highlight. I asked Shifley specifically about Lowry in the post game last night because I thought that that was a big push uh, from Lowry all over the ice. And, and Shifley agreed. He pointed out a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't have seen either. It's just he's a guy that his teammates appreciate. Last thought, I guess I got a lot of words on this topic. But despite all of that greatness, think of how Shifley got his points. It was on the power play when reunited with all of that skill. And I think that's a little bit emblematic of Winnipeg needing everything to go right to get its goals right now. They don't have the the depth of high-end talent with all these injuries that they have to run four deep lines and count on goals. Shifley's production came when he was reunited with guys like Morrissey making plays, Lowry making screens, Dubois, Connor, etc., you know what? I'll say this, though. Um, I mean, at five on five, and listen, I mean, I don't spend too much time talking about the first period because everyone realized that they need to be much better, and they were. Um, but, man, if you play like that, you spend the amount of time you are in the opposition zone. You generate that many opportunities. And I'm not just talking about the Shifley-Lowry line. I'll put Kevin Stenland's line in particular in that group as well, who really impressed me last night. You are going to find some results at a certain point. I mean, it is somewhat ironic. Hey, they all count, but I mean, the power play in a game like that, the power play is almost more important for the Winnipeg Jets right now without that depth of scoring throughout the lineup to make your opponents pay for going to the box. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about some calls that were missed in the last few games for the Winnipeg Jets. Well, they weren't last night. The Jets got on the power play and they made the Canucks struggling power play or penalty kill unit pay the price. And, I mean, that goal that you just mentioned with 2.5 seconds left in the second period was a real dagger, I think, for the Vancouver Canucks, despite the fact that they got a fortunate one to make it a one-goal game at one point in the third. Yeah, I mean, it was a Rick Bonus special, right? He was talking all year about the importance of faceoffs at key times. Well, he gets one from Adam Lowry. He talks all year about timely goals. He gets one with 2.5 seconds left. I mean, it's really everything that that Bonus has been harping on in terms of what could become a dagger for for his team going forward and i i like the talk of the the five on five success as well i think the metrics bear it out especially in the second and third period um you like the way stenlin gustafson were, were buzzing at different points there were a lot of plays that wouldn't make a highlight reel but there were you know tips from the points these you know, odd angle shots with traffic in front. A lot of guys, actually, Jonsen Fialbi banging away at, uh, at rebound opportunities. You have Carson Kuhlman all over the offensive zone. Um, and you really like that in terms of the way Winnipeg was playing. And, you know, when you can get that power play goal that can become a dagger and you can get that quality of play throughout the depth that, you know, you can see the Winnipeg Jets as full value for the win. It's also just a little bit, you know, interesting in that, I don't really expect Carson Kuhlman to finish 100% of those high danger chances or Axel Jonsson Fialbi in front and, and all those sorts of things, but they can still help the Winnipeg Jets control the momentum of that game, you know, buy time for, uh, for the game to turn in it, 
turn on its head after going down one goal early. You do enough little things for a long enough time, spend enough time in the offensive zone. Something eventually has to happen, or at least it it did for Winnipeg last night. And you like that kind of win. Yeah. Um, you know, Kuhlman, hey, he did have a few chances, more than I think he's had in previous games. And, I mean, listen, at a certain point, if you're riding shotgun with the players that he has been, you got to make something happen and turn a red light on every now and then. Um, and we'll see how long that continues. But I will say this, you know, the way Adam Lowry seamlessly moved to the wing and the way he connected with Shifley, and I think something that Rick Bonus absolutely loves is the fact that you've got two possible face-off guys um, to try to get the most advantageous matchup, continuing, you know, knowing that it's, you know, saving 20 seconds running around trying to get the puck if you if you actually win the draw. And the other part of it, and we talked about this last week, Kevin Stenland continues to impress. And the fact, I believe he was 12 out of 17 in the in the dot last night. If Kevin Stenland can be a reliable face-off guy and play, you know, some solid shifts in minutes, that might actually open up Rick Bonus going to this option of Adam Lowry being a winger in the top six, depending on what's available to him more often than maybe we would have imagined beforehand. It had been a long time since Lowry hadn't set up uh, at center for the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, absolutely. You'd only really see Lowry in that sort of context if it was the last shift of a game, sometimes last moment of a period, things like that, where you just want that. But like in an ongoing role, you can't trust that unless you can trust, you know, your third line center, your fourth line center to kind of step in and do a little bit of what Adam Lowry does in that role. It's tough to say do all of what Lowry does because this is, I was going to say quietly, I don't think it's a secret. I think Adam Lowry is having one of his best seasons of his NHL career, certainly the best in in several years. He's been impactful at all ends of the ice and in all capacities so far this season. And man, what a nice what a nice way to respond from being freed from the awkwardness of having his dad as head coach in a in a struggling season. Bit of a digression, but when you have a Kevin Stenland who can step in and cover, you give Rick Bonus options. And given how hurt the Winnipeg Jets are, all of the players missing, you know, the unsure timelines about when guys will come back, the more pieces that you can plug into different roles and, and get realistic results, I mean, those margins of error can turn, uh, those margins of winning can turn on a decision like that, such mm. as Lowry winning that key draw, uh, 25 seconds left at four on three. I mean, those are those are big moments and details that that Winnipeg needs because they're not going to push teams out of the rink right now. They're absolutely just not going to do that. Yeah, no, I just found it interesting. I mean, it wasn't something that I'd even considered despite all of the things that we talked about with the Winnipeg Jets and the adversity and who's available to play. Um, and I mean, as much as it's a tad tip to Stenland with the way that he's been playing in the middle really ever since he got called up, um, but it is just another wrinkle that I think Rick Bonus can have at his hand. And I mean, listen, as long as you're playing guys like Kuhlman in the top six, there probably is room for an Adam Lowry. You know, if they're not loading up that top line like we saw a couple of games ago um, to be in that mix, and I'd be surprised if we didn't see it again tomorrow against the Edmonton Oilers. Murat Atesh is with us from The Athletic here in Winnipeg Sports Talk. Murat, I got to ask you about Vili Hainala. You know, it was a week or two ago that he came up, and, you know, I think his, I mean, I said it on the show, we talked about it, we heard what Rick Bonus had to say, you know, a so-so return to the lineup. 
Um, and I didn't look and I haven't compared the the game by game scores. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. I am somewhat skeptical of the individual game scores of the way the data is collected. All that being said, it was obvious to me, at least that that was Billy Hanel's best game. Certainly this year is a Winnipeg jet and maybe ever. It seems like his confidence level was at a whole different level than it has been you know, as he's trying to come in, come out of the lineup, and uh, interested in your thoughts on what we saw from Vili last night, because I think that if he plays like that on a consistent basis, he'll be doing what we've said for a long time we were hoping to see, just play so well that it'll be hard to keep him out of the lineup regardless of who's around. Absolutely. And you know what? As a as an advocate for Hainala to get a long stretch of games, just to iron out some of the wrinkles that we've seen, part of me doesn't know where he found that from. Because last night, he comes into the lineup so proactive. The game didn't happen to Villahena last night. He happened to the game. He impacted the game. And if you've watched the Moose, if you've watched Hainala at any level outside of his Jets auditions so far, you'd be familiar with that aggressive, confident, um, ag- aggressive in the defensive capacity as well, a version of Villahena you saw last night. A lot of plays ran through him. He was a puck transporter in the best sense of the word. He was reading the forecheck. He was skating the puck out of his own zone. He was passing the puck out of his own zone. A lot of his interplay at the offensive blue line led to deflection opportunities and offensive zone time for the Winnipeg Jets. And you never got the sense that there has been at different times of his NHL stints that he was so nervous and about to make a mistake because of the stakes of the moment where even at times when he was showing his brilliance, there was a little bit of fear in his game. I didn't see any of that last night. I didn't, I, nothing, nothing whatsoever to complain about. And he became a stabilizer for Dylan Sandberg as the game went on too, which I think is solid coaching. That bonus went back to Sandberg after an early mistake, just like he's went back to Hanela after mistakes that, early in other games like he had done with Logan Stanley he gave them a sheltered opportunity to get back in the game and Sandberg and Hanela both ran the offensive blue line for some really good offensive zone shifts later in the game before the pairings eventually switched up again I would say Hanela was easily in the top two or three defensemen that Winnipeg had last night no I I agree with you I thought he was really impressive and I mean that is great to see and I'll be interested to see if he can you know, string a, a few of these games together and what a challenge tomorrow night going up against the Edmonton Oilers. You know, it is interesting. We've spent so much time talking about the schedule. I believe the Oilers are actually in Seattle tonight. So the Jets should be getting there before Edmonton is. And you would love to see them build on the momentum of the second and third period last night and the way that they played. Um, uh, should be a great atmosphere, Murad, I'm sure, in the barn. New Year's Eve, late night game, hockey night in Canada. Uh, what do you make of this matchup and the challenge for the Winnipeg Jets to build on what happened last night at home? Yeah, I mean, Winnipeg, if they win, it's the beginning of some really good vibes to enter 2023 with because there's a pair of them back to back. It'd be a great opponent, good atmosphere, all of those sorts of things. If they lose, well, then they've lost three of four and there's still a bit of a trouble spot with a very injured team with teams chasing them. And the standings are getting closer. Winnipeg no longer has the best points percentage in the West. There's a little bit of wiggle room uh, in terms of what you might project in terms of how things finish. Specifically in the game, I always now at this stage, whenever I think of Edmonton, I think of the Jets playoff sweep of the Oilers a couple of years back. And I think of how good Neil Pionk was in that series, how physical he was, how quick he was in every different direction. And 
maybe maybe he can reclaim some of those good vibes i i think against the oilers tomorrow that's those are the sorts of things that i look to at a moment like this because we're talking about defenseman morrissey's been incredible hopefully he's been healthy hanala stepping up that was great to see samberg we've talked about neil pionk struggled defensively this year and he moves so well forwards he has the puck skill he has the offensive sensibilities and he has a solid points rate but defensively He's been a bit of uh, a bit touch and go, I would say. And you watch the way he moves out there. There's a that lateral mobility, that backwards mobility, and that physicality where he used to step up on guys like Connor McDavid. And there's some memorable hits from that series. And maybe maybe that's the sort of challenge he can rise up to tomorrow night in Edmonton. I don't think we've seen as much of that from Neil Pionk so far this season. So that's one guy that I'm keying in on. We'll see if Mark Scheifele can keep up the momentum. I Hopefully he's recovered a little bit from his illness and all those sorts of things. But it's Winnipeg's key major players that I think that you'd look to on a New Year's Eve game to try to keep the good vibes going. Marat, the good vibes are always here when uh, you're on the program. Thanks for everything this year. Have a happy New Year. Enjoy the game tomorrow. And uh, looking forward to doing it again with you coming up in 2023. Right on. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everybody out there in the chat and listening after the fact. Thanks, Marat. There it is, Marat Atesh of The Athletic. By the way, great special, uh, end-of-year special on The Athletic right now. Check that out if you haven't already. Definitely worth your time. Uh, We're going to get Ken Weeb on in just a second to continue the conversation. And again, if you're just popping in, make sure to hang around till the end of the program. No registration needed today because it's the finale of the Marbles Tournament of Champions. Someone, one of our qualifiers, will be winning. 2023 bomber season tickets courtesy for our friends over at consolidated supply uh boxing week continues over at royal sports uh i know there was plenty of christmas shopping done at royal but uh man right now incredible deals including 50 percent off all under armor products in the store 50 percent off doc martin boots and 25% against a, uh, uh, on a whole number of different brands, including Volcom, Brooks Runners, and more. And uh, if you're in the market for a hockey stick, thousands of hockey, ticks, hockey sticks on sale, up to 50%. Pop on down right up until tomorrow for the Boxing Week blowout at Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. Check out their Instagram, too, for more on all the great deals at Royal Sports Pemina. And uh, great follow throughout the year as well for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. And speaking of Boxing Day sales, you've still got a day or so to take advantage of the massive deals down at F Apparel. All custom clothing including suits, dress shirts, and more, 20% off. Everything off the rack, like sweaters, polos, 30% off. And guys, what a great time to get all the accessories you need. Ties, tie bars, socks, pocket squares. It's all 50% off right now. The sale runs in store down at 190 Smith Street downtown. And of course, you can also check them out online and take advantage of the great deals online at their website at F, that's E-P-H, apparel.com. And a big happy new year to Andrew and the gang over at F Apparel. Uh, and just before we bring in Ken, 
Shout out to our friends at Boston Pizza. Popped in after the game last night for a couple. Watched the end of that Cowboys-Titans barn burner on Thursday night football. Um, and always great. If you haven't tried that jalapeno popper dip, I cannot recommend it strongly enough. It is phenomenal. Obviously, the wings are the best there. But some great, great options for you on the winter menu right now that's out, including the mac and cheeseburger, if you haven't tried that. Tomorrow, if you're not having a big, big uh, New Year's plans, Pop down to watch the game. All these great promos during the Winnipeg Jet games at most Manitoba Boston pizzas. And hey, if you're staying at home, you're just hanging out with the fam. You can always order online at bostonpizza.com for home delivery. All right, let's serve up a slice of Weeb's world one more time in 2022. Ken, welcome to the program. And I see you've got an interesting, a new, a new background today. The last time you were on Half of the chat was about what the heck is going on in that photo or picture, I would say. I guess that's not technically a photo. That's art, as we say. Great to be with you. Uh, beautiful day in the neighborhood. And yeah, interesting interesting times on a lot of fronts here. Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> you know what? Let's quickly get to last night's game right off the bat. And, uh, you know, I actually had to pull a club out of your bag yesterday <laughs> and throw out a wake up. Good. You good, good. are wearing the wake up shirts, and I'm not sure whether it was the players or the coach, but there was obviously a major wake up delivered after the first period last <laughs> night at Canada Life Center to the home team. Yeah, a little flat, uh, flat beginning, Huss. Uh, I would also say this. I said it on the show last night. I mean, it those those thousand game ceremonies are awesome for fans, and I'm sure it was great for Sam Gagne. But to be quite frank, uh, I. The next time, the next time a team comes out buzzing after that might be the first time. Uh, there is a lot of energy in the building, but uh, having to stand around for an extra fifteen minutes or whatever, even though the Jets were happy to do so to see their teammate uh, saluted for that great milestone and achievement, uh, that it's not uncommon for there to be a bit of a, a slow start. But the Jets certainly found their game in the last half uh, or last. 40 minutes, us. I thought it was quite a dominant showing after that. The scoring chances were heavily tilted in the Jets' favor. And were it not for the, <laughs> this was a Vimelka situation from Colin Delia, the third stringer. I thought he was quite good uh, at times for the Canucks keeping it tight. But I mean, the Jets, Sean said it best last night. And, you know, I don't say this very often, uh, Huss, but uh, or my pal Sean Reynolds said it best. The Jets look like themselves over the last two periods yesterday. And that's something they haven't really done a whole lot of uh, during this last stretch. We know the injuries and the schedule has been a factor in that department, but the Jets got back to their game, their speed game. And I understand that, you know, they didn't have any five-on-five goals, and that's okay. They generated enough at five-on-five for them to feel good about the style of play that they had. And now it's another test. I mean, the, the Canucks don't play an overly structured game, Huss, and that's what we saw in the in the last two periods. A lot of sustained zone time and uh, ample scoring chances, but it was the special teams uh, that that pushed the Jets over the edge, I guess. But I would say they should be encouraged because they got their forecheck back, and that is something that it's easy to say, but not as easy to do when you're you know you're trying to chase down guys like Quinn Hughes uh, on the back end and Ethan Bear, who's uh, very good at retrievals. So I thought the Jets did a good job on those areas. Uh, could they have done a little bit more in terms of the production five and five? Absolutely. But I think they were generating more than what we saw against the Minnesota wild. And obviously we know those are two different teams in terms of style of play, but I thought the jets, uh, you know, had something, they have something to build on going into Edmonton. And 
that's another test. Uh, the Oilers' defensive game has not been as structured either. Uh, the Jets probably should catch a break. I'm guessing they're going to be getting Jack Campbell. I mean, I haven't seen the – I shouldn't say that maybe before looking, but uh, with the back-to-back, I would imagine it's Skinner against the Kraken and, and Campbell against the Jets, but uh, we'll see more of that uh, when, when Saturday rolls around. You know, um, going back to last night, we spent a lot of time talking about Mark Scheifele, and we'll certainly get to him because he was a huge part of that win last night. Um, but, man, Pierre-Luc Dubois continues to impress. <laughs> I mean, I know there's – you know, we're going to get to our biggest shows of the year, and uh, let's just say that a certain day in the summer was right near the top of that list. Um <laughs> It's pretty, I mean, it's been awesome to see. I mean, regardless of what his situation is, the way that he's come in, along with the rest of the club, but bought in to what Rick Bonus has been selling since the first day Bones got here. Um, And this guy's having a career year right now, um, doing it with Kyle Connor, who continues to star for the Winnipeg Jets. And those two guys almost as a pairing with whoever you're putting on the ice with them. Last night, it was Sam Gagne in game 1,000. He's given the Winnipeg uh, Jets a ton of chances. And, man, I can't believe the numbers. The Jets had only scored on two of 17 penalty shot attempts before last night. But make it three last night and play Hey Baby. That was a, a huge, huge point of the game. <laughs> yeah, I'd like Remo to go back to the receipts uh, when you and I talked after the uh, Pat Brisson comments, hustles. Um, yeah, there's no doubt he's been able to compartmentalize and, and really provide a dominant level of play for a, for a long stretch of time here. And, it's interesting. I mean, you and I both were very curious as to why Kyle Connor started the year with Mark Scheifele instead of Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, Connor had the slow start with the exception of the empty netter and the opener, but Mark Scheif- it allowed Mark Scheifele to get off to this great start, and now Scheifele's rolling even though Dubois has gone back with Connor. So I uh, know we could argue back and forth, not you and I, but the, the general, the royal we, uh, could argue about whether they should have started the other way around and seen how things have been going. But it actually, you know, the net positive is that Mark Scheifele really got himself rolling and now he's up to 23 goals. And it hasn't, you know, it hasn't impacted the starts for Pierre-Luc Dubois or Kyle Connor, who's now really got himself going now that he's back with Pierre-Luc Dubois. So uh, I think it's certainly a huge development for the Jets. I mean, we've talked about this countless times since the trade was made. This is how the Jets wanted to look with the, you know, a, a double hammer down the middle and then Adam, Adam Lowry providing the checking line. And uh, that's a conversation you and I have had a lot of, and you know, as we, as we end 2022, we should remind all those folks that wanted Adam Lowry on the fourth line. Um, you know, again, and I understand those guys wanted Adam Lowry to be, to be producing at the rate that he currently is. Uh, and he has done an exceptional job, sixth in the, on the team in scoring. He passed Cole Perfetti uh, with that assist and, you know, obviously was involved in the screen on Shifley's second of three. Uh, Lowry's been great. But, I mean, having those three down the middle, and even two, I understand yesterday Lowry was sort of in between center and wing with Shifley as they went back to the balanced attack. And, I mean, Kevin Stenland's emergence has been an important storyline. But, man, Pierre-Luc Dubois, the engagement – uh, this is a guy that just loves hockey and has, I mean, for those who didn't see the scene yesterday after the game, like nobody happier for Sam Gagne um, than Pierre-Luc Dubois. You know, he's rocking the, you know, sleeve, the sleeveless Gagne 1000 shirt, the collector's item there, uh, you know, just talking, you know, so outwardly about, you know, how his former Columbus Blue Jackets teammates who, who he knew from his own time there. Uh, that had played with Gagne previously. It, it said such great things about Gagne. And he had that great story about how, you know, after the games he likes to stretch out and then he gets the old kick on the back. Like, hey, 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 PLD, I'd like to play some soccer now, like from one of <laughs> from one of Gagne's kids. So 
Um, he's, he's just having a huge impact on uh, on the team. Um, offensively, obviously, physical engagement, drawing penalties. I know, yes, he still takes a few, but man, uh, you know, as every, you know, previous coaches have said, and we know this, Huss, you'd rather have to tell a guy to maybe tone it down a touch than to have to give him the paddles to get him into the game because he has no engagement or no life. And boy, when Rick Bonus says you have to play with emotion, you have to play with passion, it's uh, it's hard to imagine him talking, you know, a better example of that than Pierre-Luc Dubois, I mean, who's just done it at all ends of the ice and uh, just continues to, and again, just having fun in the moment, right? I mean, when I asked him about the strategy for the penalty shot, you know, I haven't had one since, I probably didn't even have one in junior, I used to not be able to score in breakaways when I was a kid, I'm like, oh, so did you go out the old close your eyes and see what happens? <laughs> oh, I can't tell you, that's a secret, <laughs> secret, we cannot let the next go, you know, I might not get another penalty shot for 10 more years, but I am not letting the secret out, just in case. Well, it was uh, it was a huge part of the of uh, the win last night, and certainly was a great moment. The crowd just erupted. I mean, there's listen, penalty shots are always cool, and um, obviously, as we talked about, there hadn't been a lot of success no in kidding. Jets history when it comes to uh, penalty shots. But there he was last night. You mentioned Lowry, and I, I, I'm just interested in your perspective on this. Um, I mean, for me, the arrival of Kevin Stenland, what he's done in the faceoff circle, the way he's played a two way game. Maybe, I, I, like, I'm not sure if Kevin Stenland wasn't here, whether Rick Bonus would have felt comfortable moving Adam Lowry from his regular role and putting him up with Mark Shifley. Um, listen, I mean, there's tons of injuries right now. More will come. What do you think last night's performance, the way those two guys look together, uh, might do for Rick Bonus when he's considering his options as, um, you know, often you're playing without a full roster? Yeah, it's certainly interesting, and you know, we were always we're always trying to wonder and you know be a step ahead and see where the where the old uh, you know chess pieces fit eventually. And it's just given the Jets another thing to look at potentially, right, Huss? I mean, when Nikolai Ehlers is back, now you have the option of potentially using Ehlers. Um, you know, maybe use Nikolai Ehlers with Pierre-Luc Dubois and and Kyle Connor, and then you consider either you know whether it's Cole Perfetti or Blake Wheeler. Uh, most likely, even someone mentioned in our chat room after the game. Well, what about Wheeler, Lowry, and and Shifley? I mean, that's a def- definitely a dynamic we haven't seen a lot of. Uh, you could see a lot of benefits with that kind of line, but it all depends on who's coming back when and who's playing. I mean, I would imagine that even under those scenarios, I think that's a line that they would go to late in games. But I think Lowry, you'd see Lowry on that third line center, and you'd see Perfetti up there um, during the regular type of play. But I mean, Stenland's emergence has. Right now, it's important for him as a third line center, but also I think bigger picture. So we can't we can't ignore the fact that you know Kevin Stenland basically you know has I would say is in the process of trying to solidify himself for the fourth line center job, Absolutely. but also to be used in you know face off scenarios where both he and Adam Lowry were seventy one percent yesterday once again on on the Thursday night game against the Canucks. Those two guys were you know utterly dominant uh, in the circle. So Stenland is you know. Hey, I looked up a few times yesterday and I'm like, whoa, Rick is rolling the Stenland line against uh, Pedersen or against Miller. And you're like, ooh, that, that's a big matchup for a guy who started the year in the American Hockey League and doesn't have a ton of NHL time. But that line actually handled itself quite well, Huss, uh, in that in that kind of a hard match. So it does give the Jets some, you know, again, we, we've talked about this, you and I, on the show. I mean, about the balance element. I mean, if the Jets have the luxury of potentially playing Adam Lowry, up on the second line on the wing instead of a third line center. I mean, I don't think it's their preference, but it gives them an option to do that if they want. And, you know, he's not just being used as a, you know, traditional left winger. He's taking a lot of important face-offs on a strong side still. So 
uh, it just gives them some more options. Huss, we talked about this all all year long, and you know, Stenland, you know, full marks to him. And I, I don't, I'm not as shocked. I mean, you and I remember first day of camp, like oh, Stenland, yeah. Stenland and Menelainen. Yeah, Stenland and Menelainen were two guys, Huss, that they, they catch your attention, not just because of their size, but you start to see a couple elements where you're like, oh, hey, that that guy looks. That guy looks like an NHL player. Like this is not training camp fodder, and we know that he didn't have a great camp. He had an okay camp, enough to catch you know the coaching staff's attention. Menelainen did more to catch their attention, but Stenlin was a guy who's still coming back, trying to find his legs. Uh, I talked to the assistant coach with the Lake Erie Monsters in the summertime. I, I'd spoken with him uh, about my story on Jared Bednar, uh, and then you know checked in with him on the Jets signed Stenlin, knowing that he had coached him, and. He said, like, this is a guy who he had really good legs before the knee surgery. Now, it wasn't a burner, but he was a guy that you could notice out there, and he had a really good skill set, and he loved his shot. He was a guy that, you know, like a lot of guys we, we see, Huss, they don't, they don't, you know, like Svechnikov, for example, a guy that you see his shot in practice, and you're like, man, this guy might score 20 in the show, but he just doesn't get it off enough at the NHL level. And Stenland had been like that to a degree, but now he's got his legs back. He's got his confidence. He went down to the moose, played some top six minutes, and now he comes up for his next cup of NHL coffee and he's turning it into a real, it may not just be a cup of coffee, Huss. Like this is a guy who suddenly grabs a job and like he's trying to make 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 it impossible for the coaching staff to take him out of the lineup. So I give him a ton of credit uh, for his ability to do so. He's a confident guy. He's you know man of few words, but he's done everything that's been asked of him. Uh, he's got good puck skills. He works hard. He's not a burner, but he's fast enough. And he's been a real smart two-way player. And uh, I mean, sometimes all you need is to have a coach show faith in you, Huss. And this is another prime example. Stenlin has a coach who believes in him, has given him an opportunity. And all of a sudden, Kevin Stenlin is being used in some similar ways to how Rick Bonus used Radic Faxa with the Dallas Stars. I mean, Faxa is a huge difference. I mean, this is a first-round pick versus a guy who's, you know, Stenlin I think is a third or second or third rounder. But, uh, you know, opportunity knocking. He wants someone to steal. You want someone to go out and grab the reins. And that's what Stenland's done, where some of the other guys around him haven't been able to really stack together a solid stretch of games, even well, after having some glimpses. Yeah, and while we're talking about Stenny uh, on that line, we got to talk about the other Swede that's rolling with him and Axel Janssen Fjallby. And I, I don't know, maybe you can remind me, I, when was it, how long ago was it that he was sat out for a game and was in the in, in the press box? Uh, it seems to me like it was maybe two or three weeks ago. Yeah, um, in that range. I think he's played a few of his best games as a Winnipeg Jet over the course of this past week. I thought he was great in that Washington game. Obviously, the team didn't get a result. And, you know, he was everywhere there last night, Ken. And, you know, when you've got a guy flying like Fialbi is with that the ability to forecheck and get on those loose pucks and retrieve them, and Stenlin, who's playing a pretty solid two-way game, I guess it just goes back to the point where I think, like, I don't know if those guys weren't playing the way they were, whether Rick Bonus would have had the confidence to even entertain the opportunity to maybe move Adam Lowry with Mark Shifley and see how that looked. But it's a big credit to them. And you're exactly right. I mean, when guys do start getting healthy again, you know, where's David Gustafson? Mikey Esamont. Um, Listen, I think Hark's been really good in whatever role that he has been given right now. And I think he's probably in the mix going forward. But, I mean, to me, Kevin Stenlin has jumped a few guys on that depth chart. And I think it's pretty clear the way Rick Bonus has been playing him that I think that's the thought of the head coach as well. Yeah, for sure. And he, and he has that right-handed skill set. I mean, Rick Bonus touched on this yesterday when they talked about Christian Reichel's uh, promotion, right? I mean, here's a right shot guy who is strong along the boards and, you know, it's not, it's not a skill that a lot of the fan base looks to. And when, 
you know, on the on the exit pass, can you chip it past the you know the the defenseman that's lumbering down at you? I mean, that's not one of the skills that ends up on the back of the hockey card, but uh, sometimes it's an important thing, especially when you you know that's a place where you know turnovers at the offense or the defensive blue line can can translate into chaos and goals against. So, uh, Stanlin, you know, I loved what he's done on a lot of levels, and back to Janssen Fialbi Hussey, hey. This is a guy who's been standing at attention. I mean, if you get healthy, at, he went from basically starting the previous game on the top line with Dubois and Connor to going down to the fourth line to be in a healthy scratch. So that's going to catch a player's attention, especially when he doesn't have, you know, 100 NHL games in his resume. Uh, he's come back and done a nice job. Uh, I think he'd been scratched maybe one other time since, but I, I'm with you. I mean, he, he makes things happen out there. I mean, is he a natural finisher? Absolutely not. But he gets the chances, right? I mean, same as Carson Kuhlman. I mean, a lot of people are up in arms. And again, is he is he miscast as a right winger with Mark Scheifele at times? Sure, but at least he's getting to the spots, right? I mean, if Carson Kuhlman wasn't getting those opportunities that lead people to say, oh, well, he you know doesn't finish well enough. Well, that's different from not getting any chances whatsoever. So, hey, you know what? Speaking of Kuhlman, I mean, were you surprised that it was Reichel that was the call-up? <clears throat> not really, I'll be honest, no. I Ken. Mean, I thought that the way Jeff Mallott had been playing and the way he had been scoring, yep. that that might have been an interesting guy to call up and give the Carson Kuhlman treatment. Listen, you've been scoring goals. All right, boom. You're gonna like we've got a need right now. Let's see how you look either on line one or line two with either Dubois or Shifley. Um, because he's certainly been earning it and in a lot of ways. I was sort of getting vibes of what Jansen Harkins did when he got sure. sent down. Um, and with Malat's been called up before. I mean, I think it's, I, I certainly think that he would be in the mix. Um, but it was Reichel that got the call up. Yeah, for me, Huss, it, it's more like this. So uh, if you're not going to bother playing Jeff Malat, unless you're doing what you just exactly said, unless you're inserting Malat for a Kuhlman and putting him in an offensive zone situation, I say play Jeff Malat a game or two more with the Moose and then maybe call him up for that homestand, the three-game homestand after the new year. Um, much like Reichel, those guys hadn't skated for five days. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Malat's playing well. But like I said before, Malat has played some offside in his career. But Rick Bonus is just, you know, watching Chance and Harkins and Mike Ace, Michael Asimont uh, have to play on their offsides. And now he's like, I just just give me a right-hander, right? <laughs> I think that's basically what he was looking at, Huss. Uh, but I, I do think Jeff Malat is certainly playing well enough to get an opportunity here in the new year. Uh, whether it's in you know, the next week or two, that I'm not sure of. But I think it definitely will. He will be, he will, in the next man up mentality, he will be the next man who gets an opportunity, especially if the Jets have, you know, get back to having difficulty uh, producing offensively, especially at five on five, because that, that's a strength of Malotte's. The biggest difference, you know, people will say, oh, well, you know, this or that. But I mean, Malotte doesn't skate as well as Kuhlman. He's, he is a more natural finisher, yes, but he doesn't skate as well as Kuhlman. He's, you know, in terms of maybe what you produce on the forecheck or the creating the chaos or you know the defensive responsibilities, uh, maybe that's where they're leaning on the other side of things. But I do think that he is around the corner for a call up, and you know I wouldn't be surprised if he came up here and took advantage because you know he's an eye, another guy like Asimont who knows that if there's opportunity, you want to grab it before it's too late because like we've been talking about, it's not going to be all that long down the road before some of these guys are going to start to trickle back. And all of a, when there's seven guys out of the lineup, and I, yes, we know that most of them are multiple weeks away, but if one or two of those guys is, is back in a week, now the opportunities are not quite as prevalent as they are currently. So, I mean, I think it's, that's why we, we talk about competition all year long, Hus. The competition is in full flight and it's in full flight, both up front and on the back end. And I mean, as you touched on with Marat 
just before I came on. I mean, Hanel after sitting out, that that's that's the response that Billy Hanel needed to have yesterday. Was I that mean, his best game as a Jet, or since when? Uh, I don't know. I think maybe this year? get caught up in recency bias. I mean, I would say it was his most efficient game for sure, Huss. I think he played with more confidence maybe today than he had in the previous games. And it's easy. To, I mean, the more you play, the more confidence you're going to have, right? I mean, it's very chicken and egg. Uh, but to me, you know, was he outstanding? Not necessarily, but he, he didn't make a lot of, you know, he didn't make, I don't think really any blunders, maybe one or two minor errors. Uh, I thought he was very confident. I love the reads that he made. I mean, he was closing quickly getting to the pucks and his retrievals. I mean, his own exits are always strong. Uh, and I do agree. I mean, he you know, he helped stabilize Dylan Sandberg after a tough start. And then late in the game, he's out in the ice protecting the lead with Dylan DeMello. I mean, that's when a when a coach shows confidence in a young player, often that young player responds. Well, I think he and, earned it. I, listen, I don't oh, he think that, that was the it. coach just saying, oh, well, you know, like, listen, no, I no. mean, we spent a lot of time talking about Philly. He's a guy, fair or unfair. I spent a lot of time watching just because – I know it's going to be brought up in this program. I know there's going to be people talking about it. I actually thought he was really good last night. Like, not just, hey, you know, not making any mistakes. I mean, I thought he contributed in the offensive zone. And, I mean, Ken, there was a few times where he took the puck in, dumped it in, and was the guy behind the net dumping on the puck and, you know, getting it to somebody else. I mean, a lot of the things that he does well, he did very well last night, in my opinion. No, no, agreed. I mean, I just don't... I just don't, don't. I think that his ceiling is so high that I think that that needs to be his baseline, Huss. I mean, I do agree with you. I think it was his best game, but I think there's more. His ceiling is higher, right? In terms, of, but that was a great first step. Like yeah. I, I used the word it's, words incremental growth yesterday. If that's the way that Vili Hanela plays as his standard game, and he, we know he has more offense, whether that's at, on a power play scenario or joining the rush as the second wave with the RD or coming mentality from Rick Bonus. There's more offense that can come, but I thought he was very solid in his shifts. And, you know, it's a humongous boost for him to be on the ice. And we know, of course, that it was, we can't ignore the fact that he's out on the ice late with Dylan DeMello because Josh Morrissey's not available to the Jets. So what do you want? You want a puck mover, uh, you know, a guy that can help get the puck going north. So that's why he's out there. And I, I agree, he deserved to be out there. And now he's got to build on that. You can't just say, hey, I played a strong game. Now I can go back into cruise control mode. And I'm not saying he ever felt that way, but he's being pushed. And like I said this before, Huss, to you, I would have preferred him to stay in the lineup. And that's not a knock on Kyle Capabianco, but I don't know that he necessarily did anything to have himself removed from the lineup in the game against the Wild. I know the Wild are a physical team, but... Uh, that's also chicken and egg. I think a guy like Hanel was important against the wild because they didn't move the puck as efficiently on their breakouts and zone exits and things like that. So to me, Hanel responded in an excellent manner and that's how he's got to play. And, and there is more, there are more layers to Billy Hanel's game, but if he plays that way in terms of his reads and defensive play and being aggressive, the coaching staff is going to have no choice, but to leave him in there. Um, Kenny, it was a bit of interesting news outside of the game yesterday um, yeah. and the trip to Edmonton. Um, Danny Jilkin gets a three-year ELC with the Winnipeg Jets. Um, he was a third-rounder last year. Interesting, he plays, rep represented Canada um, internationally, born in Russia, starting with the Guelph Storm right now. I'm um, surprised that this happened. And I did see read something interesting that by getting it done before yeah. January 1st, 
Um, they can have the, the the contract slide two years. Just fill us in and thoughts on Jilkin and what what Jets fans that aren't familiar with him should know. Yeah, I saw that on the Twitter machine as well, Huss. Uh, that, that may be one of the benefits to getting it done earlier rather than waiting until January here for sure. Uh, Jilkin's having a great year for the Gulf Storm. He's been over a point a game player. Uh, he's a guy who has some offensive ability. We know that he's a big, you know, he's a strong guy. I think he moves pretty well. I liked what we saw from him uh, at the training camp level. Uh, this is a guy who's a couple years away, obviously, but I mean, the Jets basically gave them an extra chance if they have to, if you have to leave him in the minors a little bit longer, it won't hurt them in terms of the ELC. And that's important because of us, what we know about their expiring contracts situation without having extensions. So uh, it's a smart piece of business. Uh, and in terms of Jilkin, uh, we know he's excited. He was at the game in Boston. He was posting about it on the old Twitter machine and on Instagram. So um, he looks very eager and excited. This is not a guy who's going to be, you know, at the end of the year, he's not going to be called up to the Winnipeg Jets or anything like that. But, I mean, is it possible he could go on an ATO or I guess you wouldn't have to be in an ATO? Could he join the Moose at the end of the year? It's certainly possible to get him a little taste of the pro hockey activity. Uh, but he's a guy that the Jets are high on. A good two-way center, strong guy, offensively gifted, and, you know, He's a guy that will be part of their future plans, that next wave of guys, uh, no matter when that wave rolls in. But, you know, guys like Chaz Lucius and Brad Lambert and Rutger McGordy and, and some of those guys that are, you know, at the World Junior here. But uh, he's a guy, his story was incredible, Huss. I mean, moved from Russia at a very young age, been in Canada for a long, you know, for a while here. And, and just from talking to him at the draft, he was a guy who just oozes passion. Uh, we've seen that from a lot of the Jets draft picks, but he was another guy who, you know, very well-spoken. Uh, and, you know, it's would be his second language, but he did a great job. He was very fired up and you can tell that he's a guy who's trying to build on what his experience with the Jets was. And, you know, he's a guy that down the road, I expect Danny Jokin to be a, a member of the Winnipeg Jets. But I'm thinking more of the, you know, th- three-ish years down the road here. But, you know, if it could be earlier, I mean, there's a guy who's had to <laughs> scrap and claw for everything in his life. So uh, would it surprise me if he made it a little bit earlier? No, but I mean, I think, if we're looking at the the path, it's probably two to three years away before he's on the on the radar for recalls and things like that. But he's having a great year, and it was a you know smart little piece of business here by the Jets. Hey, speaking of uh, Jets prospect and draft picks, <clears throat> have you watched much of the World Juniors? And uh, what uh, what are you hearing about the uh, Jets property out at the uh, tournament in Halley? Yeah, Huss, I haven't watched a whole uh, a whole lot of that actually. To be quite frank, I, you know, I will certainly be checking out the uh, you know as we get closer to the metal round games here. But uh, you don't like I, eleven nothing blowouts, or it's not <laughs> there's not keeping your attention. Uh, you know, there's it's there's been a lot of activities uh, rolling around here of late, but uh, I've been I've been I've been following their progress uh, from the uh, from the uh, prospect watchers, uh, guys like Scotty Wheeler and uh, you know Chris Peters and those guys, and obviously. It's crazy the hype that this draft class is getting right now. And listen, it's led by Connor Bedard, who's doing some things that oh, just crazy. this tournament crazy. has never seen before. And again, like I always have a hard time putting too much into these shit kickings of Germany's and Austria's and whatnot. But it's pretty clear that this is, I mean, I know the term generational player is used probably far too often that it's it fair. Is. I think this guy is the real deal. Oh, Huss, I mean, John Paddock told me, uh, you know, I've seen John up at Clear Lake, uh, you know, in the summertime, and, and he was telling me at 15 years old that Connor Bedard had an NHL shot. I, I apologize if I've told the story before with you, but um, I, I respect John a great deal. He is a guy who I've covered for a long, long time, and I was like, wow, at 15, he has an NHL shot? Like, that, 
that's quite something. And I mean, this guy coached a lot of elite, elite players. So it was like, wow. I mean, if, if John thinks he's got an NHL shot already, well, well, you better take notice. <laughs> and as it turns out, he's got an NHL shot. There's no doubt about that. Uh, he spoke so highly of the kid and the way he was raised and, and all of those things. And so it's not a surprise to see what he's doing. Uh, it's funny. I mean, much like with Shane Wright, Huss, I mean, Last year, you know, oh well, Bedard doesn't have this great start. Well, all of a sudden, he, you know, his look at look at the numbers at the end of the year. He's just exceptional. So, uh, and even Adam Fantelli, right? I mean, here's a guy who, you know, another high end uh, draft prospect here. So, I, I think it's a great class for sure. Uh, the folks in the old uh, Tankathon are they feel like they're going to be pretty happy, but uh, there's going to be a lot oh, of the Tankathon be a, is just getting going right now. Like <laughs> exactly, I, I, like it already was in full swing. I think we're going to see some teams floor it to the bottom when we get to the beginning of 2023 right now because of some of this talent that's going to be available for teams at the top of the draft. Yeah, and there's going to be a record for lucky charms that are being held at the draft lottery. <laughs> uh, when the when the ping pong balls are flying around us, there's going to be a record for lucky charms and uh, all of those things. But uh, Someone should draft quick- Daryl Cates' son just to get him up there. <laughs> Because they seem to always get the number one pick. We saw him every year. We saw the young man grow through the years on the podium with the number one pick overall year after year after year. Yeah, no doubt about that. And just one other quick one. I mean, obviously a lot of people have been talking about the record majority, uh, you know, between the legs pass yesterday. Ooh. And Lucius had a couple of nice goals. And another guy too, I mean, Fabian Wagner's a guy who's having a nice, uh, nice, nice tournament, nice little tournament here for a guy who started on the fourth line for Sweden as well. So uh, Jets prospects uh, looking solid, but it's it's just a, a little path, a little part of the road here for sure. Uh, I know a lot of people up in arms. Lambert had had, had already been had a little bit of ice time reduction at times, which is a little bit unfortunate. So, but also it'll be super interesting to see. And I mean, this hasn't been talked about a whole lot, but we know it's an option. But coming out of the tournament. You know, will Lucius and Lambert be headed back to the Manitoba Moose, or will they consider sending him to the you know Western Hockey League to the respectively to the Portland Winterhawks and Seattle Thunderbirds, both of whom have you know high hopes of making a Memorial Cup run? I don't think this is something that's. I don't know that an internal decision has already been made. I mean, I expect them to be back with the Manitoba Moose, but that's what I would say. I don't think they've closed the door completely uh, on the Western Hockey League element. A lot of things go into these decisions, whether it's talking with the player and the, the player's representation and you know, ultimately what the Jets decide would be best for the development of those two guys. But uh, that'll be a story storyline that we'll be monitoring going into the new year because uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, we know that the you know, the Jets, the Moose, have not don't have an abundance of skill up front. they got a lot of solid players, but they don't have a lot of young skills. So, I mean, there'd be some temptation to having those guys back, but there also might be some temptation to having those guys play a little bit more of a, you know, enhanced role on a team against their peers. So we know Lambert has played a lot of pro hockey uh, in Finland leading up to his draft year, but uh, the offensive success just hasn't come quite as easily at the American Hockey League level right now for either player. We know Lucius had some injury concerns, but uh, I'll be curious to see if one or both are back with the Manitoba Moose and, and what goes into that final decision will be uh, fascinating to see. Interesting, interesting stuff. Ken Weeb, uh, great, great hit as always. Uh, just before we leave, you mentioned heading into the new year. Are Winnipeg sports fans going to be popping bottles with Kenny and Rennie tomorrow as we get into the new year? Um, geez, New Year's Eve, late night, uh, first act of business of 2023, KNR. 
Uh, the active first order of business for 2023 is only going to be happening uh, at uh, around noon on on the Monday, I believe, or Sunday. So I, there will no not show be a live show. Night? No, no. Uh, we're giving folks the night off. Um, what? Yeah, we're giving folks the night off. I we'll gotta completely a, rearrange my New Year's Eve now. Great, I'm glad I asked. I, ap- I apologize, Hoss. We didn't we didn't want people to feel obligated to join us, uh, so we're hoping they'll be obligated to join <laughs> us the uh, afternoon after, maybe after they've had a little bit of a nap, uh, maybe a couple glasses of water, maybe an odd Advil or two. But uh, yeah, I don't. Uh, I'll be I'll be up, Hoss. I will be committed. I I'll be I'll be covering the game and writing off the game. But uh, it's probably we, that we, Diva Reynolds, we, right? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to lay any blame, but uh, you know, I don't want to be laying any blame. Uh, but one of yeah, one of but us please, is co- allow hang me on. To. Uh, um, one of us is <laughs> one of us is covering the game, and uh, yeah, Sean will be watching the game too. But uh, there's some family commitments. Let's just go. Let's go with this. There's there's some family commitments on both ends that uh, that will, in, you know, prohibit a show from uh, happening until a- the following day. We, ap- great- we, ap- we apologize for this inconvenience. <laughs> uh, what, much what like a-, a lot of the customer service uh, folks out there, uh, we apologize for any inconvenience yeah. this may cause and hope that you join Kenny us. Kenny and Rennie, the, the sun wing of Winnipeg media. <laughs> not, there, well, no. not there when we need it. <laughs> we let them know in advance, us and. Uh, Amidst uh, all of the joy, I uh, just want to also, I know a lot of people have been weighing in here and, uh, you know, uh, RIP to Bob Doc Holiday. Uh, oh. Tough one to lose uh, this week. I worked with Bob at the Winnipeg Sun and a uh, guy I got to know pretty well over the years and just a gem Legend. of a human being. Absolute beauty, whether it was his, you know, work in the sun or work behind the scenes. He worked on a lot of boards and, you know, obviously both you and I got to know him through his wrestling uh, promotion uh, stuff as well. Uh, he set up a couple of fun interviews over the years. Uh, when I like to dabble in the uh, WWF and WWE uh, areas as well with some features and uh, just an all-time great human and uh, he's going to be missed by a lot of people. He had the best line in that slam wrestling obituary when (laughs) when asked about Winnipeg. He says, Winnipeg is small C conservative and capital C cheap. And uh, that that was an absolute, uh, absolute beautiful way. By the way, shout out to you. You know, you finish off with a veiled shot at Rennie uh, not laying out any blame. And then my favorite part of last night's show was when you said, you know, I'm not one to uh, pump my own tires and then proceeded to go and pump up your own tires. So that, listen, it's just a great way, great way to finish out 2022, Bal. Um, listen, all the best to you and uh, Sean. So just a heads up. So when are you guys planning on doing that on the Sunday or on the actual, like on the Monday? Sorry, no, we will do it uh, the day after the game. So that my 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 calendar so is a little day. bit off. So it will be New Year's Day around uh, lunchish hour. Uh, for those folks uh, that are you know following on the old YouTube, you'll get the alert. But we're hoping between twelve and one, we'll go live. Yeah. For... Another reason to turn on those notifications, folks, both exactly, on our channel exactly. and uh, and Kenny and Rennie. So, um, uh, well, listen, all the best to you. Thanks for everything this year, and I can't wait to do it again with you next week and uh, in the new year and a big week with the Flames and Lightning coming to town. We'll have lots to talk about. All the best, Weaver. Thanks for doing this. You as well, Huss. Great to be with you. A happy New Year to all the uh, patrons of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Also to Hacksaw as he uh, rolls in. And uh, Huss, uh, cross your fingers for me. I'm in the old fantasy final here uh, this week. I'm going to do my best to uh, bring home it. I don't think I'll have a belt in time uh, for next Friday's hit, but uh, let, let's let's see if we can we can bring something home here. 
Well, we're uh, we're both in one, so uh, we'll see how. Good luck Hopefully, to you as well, my yes. man. I'll be rooting on you as well. Let's make it happen. All right, take care, pal. There's Ken Weeb uh, again. There you have hot breaking news: KNR delayed into New Year's Day <laughs> in and around noon. Uh, but I know I'll be watching it. It'll be actually a great way to get in. Have the NFL on. We'll throw the audio on on KNR and uh, chop it up after the final game of 2022. Yes. Hacksaw Hamilton is coming up in just a moment, uh, but I do for one more time in 2022 have to give a big thank you from Winnipeg Sports Talk to our friends at Princess Auto, um, doing so many things in our community, supporting the Bombers the way they do, uh, powering our great curling teams, including Team Carruthers and Team Jennifer Jones, and of course, Winnipeg Sports Talk as well. And Princess Auto is where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Two Winnipeg locations, and of course, national headquarters right here in Winnipeg is a Winnipeg company, but you can see them at Panet Road or at Portage Avenue West. And of course, you can shop online 24-7-365 at princessauto.com. Um, our friends at Culligan Water getting ready for a big 2023, but they've done this before because they're celebrating over 65 years in the business serving Winnipeggers and Manitobans. Uh, and they've got it all for your water needs. Water softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, and citywide water delivery services and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Pop down and see the gang at Culligan in person at 1200 Sargent Avenue. You can give them a call at 204-694-5180 or check out all their products and services for you and your family online at drinkculligan.com. And hey, before we ring in the new year, I know many of you might be taking a trip to Manitoba Liquor Marts. When you do, make sure you make the right choice of Canada's favorite Canadian whiskey, the legendary Canadian club crowd sponsors of Winnipeg sports talk. And of course the official spirit of the Winnipeg blue bombers. And speaking of the bombers, keep an eye out for those Jim beam displays at the top 20 Manitoba liquor marts. If you buy Jim beam, you'll get a bomber collector glass for free featuring either Zach Caleros, Adam big Hill or Nick Dembski. Big happy new year to all of our friends at Beam Suntory. And a reminder, folks, do not drink and drive at any point, but especially coming up on New Year's weekend. All right. One more time. We're saving the best for last. Our final official guest of 2022 before our final act of 2022. And that's giving away those bomber tickets from Consolidated Supply with their marble race. We have one more NFL notebook, and things are getting interesting as we bring in Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Lee, I hope you had a great Christmas and a happy new year to you. Hustler, how are you? Yeah, it's been a strange Christmas here. Thank you, Southwest Airlines, Alaska Airlines, and all that. We had Christmas dinner at 10 o'clock last night. We opened the presents at 11 o'clock. My, neither of my kids could get here because of ice and snow and cold and oh. all things Southwest Airlines. So it was the strangest Christmas I've ever had, but they were in and out of here pretty quickly. And they finally got here from Oregon and from, from the Grand Canyon. So it took a while, but we got it done. Well, I mean, geez, that's horrible in a number of reasons. First of all, you didn't get the family to gather around the television and watch the Denver Broncos melt down on Christmas Day. I mean, you knew it was going to happen with Nathaniel Hackett at some point, but um, that sort of sped up the process. And I got to say, I mean, the reclamation of Baker Mayfield under Sean McVay in the L.A. with the Rams has been phenomenal. But let's start off in Denver because that is a fiasco that we have not seen in a level in the National Football League in a long, long time. 
Andrew, I, I, you and I have talked about this multiple times, and this all started back in the first week of September. You know, there were questions about game management and play calling and use of the clock and, and timeouts taken and why nothing seemed to fit. Um, at the end of the day, he was overmatched, and I was shocked because he had done a good job in Green Bay. And, of course, his father was a legendary offensive coordinator with the Kansas City Chiefs and a head coach at USC and all that. And he seemed like the right guy, but he was he just never got hold of the franchise. And I think the whole thing really bottomed out. And there's a, lots of layers as to why, why Denver's had a rotten season. But this bottomed out because it looked like the players quit on him last week against the Rams. And that's the worst thing you can say about a head coach is how their players reacted to his leadership or lack of leadership. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson doesn't look like the same quarterback. It's it's almost as if he woke up an old man. I think he's been playing hurt with a shoulder. But it's complicated because the other layers include you lose your star left tackle, you lose your right tackle, you lose your center. None of the three gifted young wide receivers, the Cortland Suttons, the Jerry Judys, the K.J. Hamler, They've been on the field at the same time because every one of them's had nagging injuries. They traded the tight end and and a couple of other players to Seattle to get Wilson. So that's an issue. But I'll tell you what, by the time they, they cleaned house because they fired the head coach, they fired two other assistant coaches. And they're, they're going to blow the whole staff out uh, once we get to the finish line this season. But the guy that made all the decisions is still there, George Payton, the general manager. He's the one that handpicked Hackett. No accountability there. He gave him a five-year contract. They owe him four years on that deal. Um, you know, he's the one that cited, scoped out, traded for Russell Wilson, and then signed him to the huge extension. They got four more years there. He's the one that doesn't have a number one draft pick this coming season because of what they did in the Russell Wilson trade. He traded away three other starters to Seattle. And Peyton still has his job as a general manager of the team and still seems to have a vote of confidence from the uh, the Walmart ownership group. So just weird. And they got a long way to come back, but it was devastating. Man, I mean, when they lost Javante Williams, the, the, the power running back, and then they blew out uh, Melvin Gordon, the other running back, it just this thing just seemed to dovetail. It was one problem after another. So they got a lot of work to get done, and they're on the hook for an awful lot of money for Russell Wilson. Everybody's saying the right things. I think we're going to get to the end of the season and somebody's going to publicly confirm Wilson's been hurt all year. Well, they're going to hopefully they uh, get a much better version of Russell Wilson. Although, as someone with a rooting interest for another team in the AFC West, I'll be honest, I am somewhat loving every minute of it. And speaking of that division, there was all the high hopes for all of those teams going in. The Broncos have bottomed out, and the Seahawks are going to probably be picking third overall with the Broncos pick. And then there's the Raiders. Um, Lee, I'll be honest. I'm stunned at the way uh, Derek Carr is being treated by the Raiders for a guy that has done so much for one of the most dysfunctional franchises in all of sports. And yet, um, I think they're just proving that. And maybe Josh McDaniel was the perfect choice for a Raider head coach because it sounds like he's contributing to the dysfunction as much of any of the guys that came before him. Well, he inherited a mess. So did Dave Ziegler, the general manager who came with him from New England. 
Uh, I think it's a mess at the top of the organizational chart. I, I think there's huge questions about the ability of Mark Davis to run a business, run much less a pro football franchise. He's not his father. That's for certain in terms of acquisitions. They always seem to like go out on the street corner every offseason and buy the shiny new object. And this is going to change everything. And it's never changed anything. Uh, they haven't drafted well. Virtually all the picks that John Gruden, Davis's choice as coach and hyphen general manager, all the picks from the Gruden era are gone for a wide variety of reasons, from drunk driving to guns to just injuries, etc. So they've changed the defense three times in about five years. They they blew out a ton of players because of salary cap situations. And now they do this to Derek Carr. Now, that being said, uh, it's hard to gauge where Derek Carr is on, on, on the ladder of real good NFL quarterbacks. Got a name, 3,000-yard passing seasons. But Hustler, his career record is 60 and 89. And he had just regressed and played really poorly. The last five games, his quarterback rating had dropped. His quarterback rating was 86, and he was completing only 52% of his passes. And he was throwing balls into coverage. You say, this is not a rookie. Why is why is a seven- or eight- or nine-year veteran lobbing balls into double and triple coverage and they keep getting picked off? He threw, threw nine interceptions in the last five games. So he's just not playing real well, and what around him is not playing well. And yet they got Devontae Adams, and they got Josh Jacobs. And they got a really good pro bowl off tackle on Colton Miller. But it's just, uh, to me, it's a really dysfunctional organization. And the fact that they removed him to put a journeyman, Jared Stidham, who's never, ever really played in the NFL in last two weeks, to me, is is kind of strange. Now, they can move him. They'll move him in the offseason, possibly. But Where to, do you think? Got, he's got three years left on his contract. Three years big money. We're starting at $42 million next season. Um I, I think the Washington Commanders, front and center. Now, are they going to get multiple number ones? No, maybe they'll get one number one. But I think Derek Carr can still play. Maybe he just needs to be in a better set of circumstances. But the way he's played recently, he doesn't look he doesn't look right to me. And I don't understand the decision making that's that's going on there. Uh, I, I would say Washington probably number one. I don't know about Houston. Uh, Houston's just, that's a disaster of a franchise, but they, they don't have a quarterback, period. They but they're going to be on the clock. The they're they going to be on the clock. I'd, I'd imagine they'll be picking one at number one overall, trying to get that quarterback in the future. Interesting team to me is the Jets. Um, I mean, for all intents and purposes, I think Jack Zach Wilson is done uh, with the Winnipeg Jets. He's not even going to be active for these games, and that's a – not a good sign for a number two overall pick. Mike White's there, but is he the guy in the future? They have such well, a good roster. Good yards. Mike White. Mike White has really competed. He's a kid came out of small college football out of Western Kentucky, but boy, he throws the ball all over the place. He's brazen. He's he, he just he's bold. So I'm not sure that, that the Jets are going to give up on Mike White. I, and they're on the hook for a contract for a couple more years with Zach Wilson, and maybe it's too early to hit the eject button on him. He's just got to grow into the position. But uh, I think there's teams out there will make a move for Derek Carr. But then what happens What happens with the Raiders? I don't think Stidham's the guy. Yeah, I mean, Stidham was a game manager when he played uh, in the Southeastern Conference. He was not a superstar. So Maybe McDaniels can get Tebow to come out of retirement. Well, do you think McDaniels <laughs> Tom Brady? I mean, that's the rumor out here in the West. Tom Brady will exit Tampa. 
and link up with that guy. Of course, there's also a rumor that Tom Brady will exit Tampa and go back to Foxborough to link up with Belichick, who, by the way, has got a lot of quarterback problems, too. Um, you know, since Brady changed his mailing address, Belichick is 24 and 25. And you look at that team, team's not doing well. And I use the word accountability as it relates to some of the people around the league making decisions. Is Robert Kraft going to wake up one morning and look at Belichick and say, accountability to you, what have you allowed the franchise to become? Because his drafts have not been good. And Mac Jones, the quarterback of the future, he looks like he's regressed. And there's an attitude issue with him. And, and Belichick's got player personnel problems, he's got a quarterback problem, and he's got an assistant coach problem with the guy he, he handpicked to call the plays. So very restless offseason coming in a bunch of different places around the league. No doubt about it. Hey, Lee, before we go, um, um, really sad news about Tua. Uh, another concussion. Uh, have we seen the end of Tua for this season in the National Football League, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Andrew, the, the, there's, a, there's a story here that I don't think has really gotten out yet. There's a lot of criticism of the NFL. You know, he hit his head in the second quarter of that Miami game, but he showed no signs of a concussion. So they didn't pull him off. And the eye in the sky booth guy with the NFL did not view him as being injured. And after the game, he seemed okay, but he came back in Monday. Listen to this angle. I don't know if you've gotten wind of this. Uh, they have On Mondays in Miami, they have a co head coach, coordinator, quarterback meeting in which they review the video and the play. And... Mike McDaniels questions Tua about what was your pre-snap read? Why did you go there with the ball and it got picked off, etc.? Tua couldn't answer the questions. He could not process on Monday morning the questions McDaniel was making. McDaniel took him out of the quarterback meeting room, took him to his office, called the team doctors, and said, I need you to come down and get him. We think, I think, head coach Mike McDaniels thinks. He needs to be in concussion, concussion protocol. So two is sitting in that room and he's not processing information. The thing that alarms me is he's not telling anybody that he's not right. And so the question is, does he keep himself on the field when he was not right? Um, league takes a lot of hits for maybe not doing as good a job and looking at these guys who take these violent hits in games. I think the league has made huge upgrades this year alone, in part because of the first two injury to try to analyze the players. But the players have got to be honest, too, with the head coach. I'm not right. I don't feel right. And for Mike McDaniel to stop the quarterback meeting, because Tua could not converse with him wow. about what he saw in the video pre-snap read. That's pretty scary stuff. No, it really, really is. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton's with us. Lee, before we go, tons of interesting games on the weekend, but we've got the main event on Monday night. Got to ask your thoughts on the Bills and Bengals going at it on Monday Night Football with a lot on the line and a very interesting Chiefs team that will be playing the Broncos on Sunday, probably pulling for Burrow and the Bengals in a big way. Well, that Cincinnati-Buffalo game impacts a whole bunch of other games because it means somebody's going through Buffalo. Buffalo, nice snow, eh? <laughs> Buffalo and Cincinnati in cold weather. Um there's something different about the Bills right now, and, and I, I can't be critical. Jeez, they got 12 wins. They don't look to be as high-powered and dangerous as they were the first half of the season or all of last year. But at the end of the day, they're still getting big plays. In fact, they're getting more big running plays from those two running backs uh, than they were earlier in the season. So that's a positive. And you got Diggs and you got the tight end and you got Gabriel Davis is catching a ton of balls. So 
Buffalo is so dangerous, and their defense is so good. That being said, Cincinnati is 11-1 and in their last 12, and Joe Burrow is about to crack 5,000 yards passing, and the Bengals are just playing with peak efficiency right now. If this game were in Buffalo, I'd say bring your snow shovel and then enjoy the game, and the Bengals might be in trouble, but because the suckers in Cincinnati, you know the Queen City fans are just going to be crazy and Burrow at home just plays like his hair is on fire. It's it's his marquee a game. Hell, it's like a playoff game. It'd be like the AFC Championship game. So it's it's going to be good. And in terms of Kansas City, you and I talked about this the first week of September. I asked the question, what would life be like after Tyreek Hill? Well, life is 420 yards per game with Patrick Mahomes. And he's throwing to all these different guys. And Tyreek is in Miami and has done great things this season. But Kansas City just keeps on going. And, you know, Mahomes has got 37 touchdowns. He's going to crack the 5,000-yard mark with two games to go in the season. So Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, pretty damn good. And out here, they're, they're going crazy with the Chargers because they're suddenly healthy and they're playing much better with the quarterback Justin Hurd. But... As I've said out here, and I always do, the, the cup is half empty or half full. The Chargers have beaten only one club with a winning record. Thank good they've played a lot of bad teams. But they're going to be in the playoffs with nine wins. But I, the quarterback is great. I don't think the rest of the team is great. Cincinnati and Buffalo and Kansas City got great quarterbacks and great teams around those great quarterbacks. Yeah, well, I mean, the Chargers are not going to be an easy out for any of those teams, though. I mean, I think if they are healthy, I mean, they – We'll, what will we get from them? We don't know, but they certainly are capable of some big things. Lee, on behalf of everyone uh, at Winnipeg Sports Talk and all of our listeners, thank you for everything. It's uh, one of our favorite times of the entire week uh, throughout. And, uh, of course, I know there's a lot of regulars reading LeeHacksawHamilton.com and people enjoying the new uh, YouTube shows and the podcast. So uh, congratulations on a great 2022. It's amazing. You just keep on cranking out the best content and uh, certainly are one of our favorites here on WST. We can't thank you enough. Who would have thought when I was a young broadcaster standing in the corner of Portage in Maine, the windiest street corner in North America, when I was doing Cleveland Crusaders and the World Hockey Association, who would have thought a few slap shots ago you and I'd be doing sports talk in Winnipeg in 2022? But appreciate the opportunity to do us. Love here being on the show and invite all your Winnipeg sports fans to sample the stuff that I do here in Southern California on my website and on my podcast. All the best, Lee. Have a great time with the family heading into the new year, and I will look forward to talking to you next week in 2023 heading into the final week of the regular season all the best My pleasure happy holiday thanks andrew good stuff there it is the man himself lee hacksaw hamilton uh, of course uh, check the website out leehacksawhamilton.com and search on youtube as well give lee a sub and check out what he's cranking out uh all the time with uh some of the best experience and uh great takes as always uh when he joins us here on winnipeg sports talk all right a big happy new year to our friends Nick and Nikki DQ. Nick and Nikki, I mean, you folks know, I mean, the incredible support we've had from them since before we even did one show here on Winnipeg Sports Talk, um, that they've been there for us and are still here for us and here for you with four locations in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba, DQ Niverville, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, and DQ St. Anne's. And uh, I can tell you, the uh, cake for uh, the DQ ice cream cake for Christmas was a big hit. I'm very intrigued on the blizzard cakes. I have not tried one of those yet, but that will be certainly coming up in 2023. But as I said, 
the stack burger, the two cheese bacon stack burger, one of the elites in the entire fast food game, chicken fingers, fries, and more. Pop down and see him. Tell him the uh, boys at Winnipeg Sports Talk sent you. And of course, you can also check out Nick and Nicky DQ on delivery apps as well if you do live in the area. And hey, with New Year's Eve coming tomorrow, I know many of you will be hitting the vendor or the beer store as uh, some people call it in other spots um make sure to check out the best of winnipeg's local beers and that of course is little brown jug now if you have the opportunity pop by the brewery and tap room you can try them all out for yourself but get your favorites check out the great merchandise and by the way they are if you're looking for a big party uh for new year's eve i know little brown jugs having a big bash they always do it upright you can check out their uh twitter feed or instagram for more details on that uh but the bottom line is bring in 2023 with the best in winnipeg's local beer the iconic little brown jug thanks to uh, kevin and the great staff over there rebecca for their great support of winnipeg sports talk and uh do it safely do it responsibly but nothing better to uh, crack a cold one in than 1919 and little brown jug all right let's get michael remus back in here these the clock is ticking on 2022 here on winnipeg sports talk we have the grand finale of the Marbles Tournament of Champions coming up in a few minutes. I will get to the cool bet lines as we prepare that. But, Remo, before we get to all of that, I think we should quickly run over the top 10 WST live shows of 2022. Yeah, it's fun to look back, and we don't really do that enough. We're always looking forward, talking about today, but it is 2022, and I do see a lot of people writing their... Favorite quotes. I think Bailey had wrote the best Jets quote of 2022 was Pierre-Luc Dubois saying, I don't even know what I'm having for dinner. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty good. I do like Rick Bonus saying he wasn't a babysitter. Oh, T. Conapoli, thank you T. for the super- thanks for the super chat, boss. Really com- appreciate the support. Good luck com- in the marble race. Getting you some good karma heading into our big yeah. grand finale in a few minutes. TTT Bone looking for a marble bump too. He had a super chat and um, uh, Mike Allison coaching did as well. So oh, shout awesome. Out to, Thanks so much, guys. Appreciate that's, uh, that. That's very, we really appreciate those. So, and I'm trying to think like Paul Stasny's, you know, press conference at the end of the season uh, last year was, was an all timer. But as far as the top shows, yeah, Pierre-Luc Dubois was the focus on a lot of those. I'm looking over our streams with the well, best let's go numbers. The honorable, let's go the honorable mentions first. These okay. ones didn't crack the top 10. Okay, Rick Bonus announced as head coach. Um, Rick and Bonus, Bones joining us on the show. Yeah, that was a big one. Uh, Mark Shifley with Sarah uh, that day was a big one. Um, oh, Shifley G- speaks. Yes, yeah. going into the Manitoba Open out at Southwood. Sarah's first act as an employee of the Winnipeg Jets, if you recall correctly. Yeah. Uh, oh, iHeart Gaming says sewer bump for marbles. Why didn't I know that was a thing? That's that's a joke. It's it's random. It's, it's random. iHeart. It's random. I thank you, Evan Just Hunter. Karma. It's karma. iHeart. Yeah. It's karma points. Evan uh, Hunter with the super chat. Evan, thank you very much, man. Great, great greatly yeah. appreciated. Um, oh yeah, Dubois accepting his qualifying offer. Um, after the NHL draft, we recapped their selection of Rutger McRoarty. Um, this was the show we were live at Little Brown Jug where it was announced Barry Trotz would not jump into coaching. Oh, yeah. That was, uh, I forgot about that. That yeah. was a moment where we that, found out. I think yeah. Mike was on Mike was on with me at the time, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. 
It was. I think of that the the bad news, and of all places for us to be at Little Brown Jug after the amount of run we got on the beer stunt to uh, give Barry <laughs> yeah. free beer for life. Yeah, and then um, I think that, that was, was a big the... social media dub for a WST. Though. Yeah, I mean our July we had a massive July, and so a lot of a lot of the shows that were in the top ten were from July. It was just raging. Uh, let's, count, let's count down from 10 to 1. Okay, so number 10 was the Bombers win the Banjo Bowl and the Jets begin skating. That's September 12, 2022. Exciting day that was. Obviously, Banjo Bowl, a lot of people fired up about the Bombers and then all the hype with the Jets to get on the ice. Yeah, and then uh, number 9, the Jets, it was announced they were going to begin the season without a captain, uh, September 16, 2022. That was the Friday of that day, Rick Bonus, and we, of course, went down there to hear from Rick and... You know, and again, we'll kind of focus in on 2023, but it cannot be understated um, the way Blake Wheeler's handled that, the way he's handled himself this year, the contributions to mm. the success of the team so far. And uh, But that really was, in a lot of ways, the first act of Rick Bonus as the head coach, Remo, and I think it really sort of set the tone for training camp and the success that they've had as a team uh, beginning that day on the 16th of September. Yeah, and then uh, number number eight, this one is going to be there every year and always one of our biggest shows. Of NHL free agency live stream July 13, 2022. Jets didn't do much, but there were some uh, some big signings uh, that day. But uh, the day that their Jets did make a move was free agency day two, July 14, 2022, where they signed David Riddich, who's been what a pretty good Stanny? backup. Yeah, St- yeah Stanny. We should be talking more Stanny about Stanny and the Jets. Was that the we, first day? We all remember the tweet. I think it was actually the first day. And we're, we were kind of like, early. Who? Yeah. <laughs> Little did we know that Stanny would be 70% face-off guy. I'm a, I'm a card-carrying member of the Stanny fan club right now. I'm just saying it right now. Love Stanny. Love what he's doing right now. I think he's staying in the lineup for a while. Um, number six. Yes. This goes back to the very crazy June. May, June, where it was every day. Following the rumors, uh, apparently June 30, we had the Jets head coach final. So the super chats are coming in hot uh, here. Shout out to Scardi, uh, Wrench Doozer, I see with the 1919. We'll have Holy to get to smokes. these. Thanks, guys. These Wrench Doozer, yes, Evan as well. Um, but yeah, I think it was Kevin Weeks who said these are the finalists. It was like Rick Tockett and was it Jim Montgomery or someone else? But that was June 30, 2022, because we all know on Canada Day, it wasn't announced. It was actually Rick, Rick Bonus, and we were off that day. I was at Winnipeg Beach with minimal yeah, you internet. you were at Winnipeg Beach. I was at Clear Lake on the golf course. The one time I've probably been out of cell range at any point in yeah. 2022, the exact moment that Rick Bonus was. And listen, this is a story that we've been talking about ever since. Um, you know, as disappointing as it was with the news about Barry Trotz, I mean, I don't even think with Barry Trotz or anyone else that the story that Rick Bonus has written um, would be as positive as it is right now heading into the new year. So uh, pretty pretty wild thinking back to that um, with such a big show. And then the shocking news the next day that Bones was the guy. Of course, five was the trade deadline live stream. Was that my Jordan flu game show? Um, or was that yes. the year before? Yes, you did four hours, I think. I think you did four hours. And At the height of raging COVID-19. You were not doing well. Was Andrew Kopp traded on the deadline or was it before? I'm I'm getting all jumbled here. Hmm. Uh, and then... Kopp day. Let's see. 
who has people want to know are we going to do a regular hoodie marbles people are asking are we going to do a, a pre-match for the regular hoodie uh, no it's already it's almost you know t today the final act of 2022 is the grand finale and we will get uh, who knows maybe we'll even kick things off on tuesday with a with a hoodie but i think we we focus in there's only one race today and mm -hmm. it is the culmination of the tournament of champions okay. um july 6th show number four mm -hmm. was um blake wheeler and brendan dillon trade rumors and uh, yes the stoking fires of the trade talks certainly was like gas on the fire for wst yeah we were just i mean we were listening to like elliot friedman every day i think he was doing a podcast and um you know it was wheeler rumored to be traded dylan was rumored and everyone was uh was here uh talking about it and then number three J july 19 jets don't file for salary arbitration for pierre luc dubois uh, so that was you know, a big one and they ultimately didn't go and he accepted the qualifying offer uh here and this was where it started off us uh, may 9 everyone was in here Barry Trotz fired by the Islanders. And this chat was like speculating like crazy. The uh, room was full. It was wild. It did not take very long for Barry Trotz to become the apple of Winnipeg Jet fans' eyes considering what had happened with the club that season. But the number one, the number one show of yes. 2022, July 18th, 2022. Shout out to Pat Brisson. Shout out to PLD mm -hmm. for cranking up the viewership to a record number on July 18th after the Dubois rumors got set off on fire after the comments of his agent in Montreal. Yeah, that was... Anytime you... I've noticed our two biggest shows are when the Jets and Montreal fans intersect. It was either the Jake Evans hit was the previous year. I mean, that was wild. And this was pretty crazy too. We had Montreal fans, Jets fans... We had a, you know, we had a thousand live viewers for that show. After all the rumors and speculation, that was bananas. <laughs> it was uh, that was a really hot time, May, June, July. And you'd think a hockey show, our hot time would be, you know, when actual games are being played. But no, this Jets off season was one of the crazier ones, and when I, and I had a lot of fun uh, every day trying to keep track of what was being reported and what was going to happen with the team. So no doubt about it. Well, there you go. There's our top 10 and the shout out to Remo for compiling that. Um, I know we've got a special theme from Tristan for today, uh, but man, got to give a quick shout out to all these super chats. Travis, happy new year. WST Travis. Thank you for the support so much. Ah, a real banger from our guy Kabilis, one of the OGs of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Happy New Year, WST and WST Maniacs. You're the man, Kabilis. Always love seeing you in the chat. Ben Lawrence, guys, thank you very much, Ben. And uh, donating some of my Sunwing refund to the boys. Happy New Year, everyone. Uh, that's unfortunate that you had to end up doing the... Uh, Doing a sunring, a sunwing refund. Um, hey, at least he got what, a refund. I'll what an that. absolute disaster right now with all of that. Really feel for so many people that, um, you know, that got their holiday plans screwed. Um, and listen, even worse for some of the people that, you know, have been stranded and unable to come home. Um, it has been a big, big mess. Um, 
anyways thanks again for the super chats and the support everyone uh, means a lot to us and we wouldn't we couldn't do it without you and uh, obviously if you weren't here there'd be no point to do it so uh listen uh, we uh we really appreciate it and it's not lost upon us the great support we get from you guys daily especially as we get in to a new year a new exciting year for winnipeg sports talk all right before we finish up the year and the marble race let's quickly get to the cool bet lines can't get a line for tomorrow's jet game folks why because the edmonton oilers are in action tonight on the road against the seattle kraken edmonton minus 111 kraken minus 106 very close to a pick em. uh the panthers started off the post christmas portion of the schedule putting up seven on the montreal canadians bit of a tougher run though tonight going up against the Hurricanes who have been one of the hottest teams in the National Hockey League over the past four six weeks or so. Canes minus 164. Panthers plus 139. Pittsburgh Penguins minus 124 favorites against the New Jersey Devils who are plus 106. In the other game tonight the Anaheim Ducks at home against the Nashville Predators. Anaheim plus 140 and Nashville minus 166. We do have some great bowl games. I know Cabela's is going to be ready for those semifinals this weekend. TCU and Michigan. Michigan a 7.5-point favorite. Ohio State and Georgia in the other semi. Georgia a 6-point favorite. But this afternoon, the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl in Tucson featuring Wyoming and Ohio. Curtis Rourke, brother of Nathan Rourke, leads Ohio into the game. Definitely going to check that out. And uh, I believe three-point spread, or if you want to take Ohio at two and a half, you can get it at minus 119. And as far as the NFL goes, Dusty's away. However, I did do a special edition of the lock shop today with Jake Bowen Moss. We got some bowl game picks from Jake, who's been great on college football this week. Um, so if you just go to my Twitter, at Hustlerama, you'll see the tweet. You can pop in. It's about a half-hour episode on YouTube with all of our picks, hopefully continuing a great run hitting the NFL in the lock shop. And, of course, give us a follow at Lock Shop Bets on Twitter and check out our where we normally have the shows on our regular YouTube channel, uh, but with Dusty away, chopped it up on the Cool Bet page this week with Jake heading in to New Year's Eve and Week 17 in the National Football League. Um, all right, one NFL game I will mention. We talked about it with Lee. Monday nighter. We won't be doing a show on Monday. We'll be back on Tuesday, and you're damn sure know that we'll be talking about this game. Buffalo, Cincinnati, the Bengals, who day? One and a half point home dogs, even money to win the game. Buffalo laying my, one and a half on the road and minus 122. And yes, Chiefs fans, hopefully the Chiefs can get a win tomorrow against Denver. And if Cincinnati were able to beat the Bills, since uh, KC jumps into the number one seed. And man, the number one seed is huge this year because the bottom line is, in all likelihood, if things go as expected, one of those three teams is going to get the bye and play the winner of the 4-5 game. And then in all likelihood, you'll have two of Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati playing in the divisional round before the AFC Championship game. So huge weekend coming up in the National Football League. Use the promo code WST at CoolBet.com. If you haven't deposited before, get your 100% bonus on your first deposit up to $200. Uh, Remo, I think it's just about time. 
It is time. Uh, here, a couple. Bobby B, thank you for the super chat here. Derek Schmidt gifted five memberships as well. And right on, Derek. Thanks so much. And Bobby B, right on, man. We, uh, hey, listen, this is so nice of you guys. And listen, I love the giving memberships too, getting people a little a heads up. By the way, next week, we will have a little promo for um, our members uh, because we're going to get a bunch of tickets for that Ukraine Bisons game uh, coming up a week on Monday. Um, so, uh, you know, we'll probably do some on the show as well. But, you know, it's always nice every now and then. We get such a great support from uh, the members of the channel. Um, so when we have tickets like that, we'll do something. And by the way, I know there's been some questions. We will have another pair of AEW tickets to give away at some point in the new year as well. And uh, hopefully we can continue giving some great prizes for our listeners. But that being said, there has never been a prize on Winnipeg Sports Talk like what we are going to be giving away this afternoon. And that is 2023 Bomber Season tickets. If you've been away, if you just joined up today, we have done the Marbles Tournament of Champions, and I need to quickly thank Joe over at Consolidated Supply, first and foremost, who reached out and said, Huss, we should do something really cool together for the holidays, for Winnipeg Sports Talk listeners. That's one of the coolest things about working with guys like Joe at Consolidated Supply. They're also listeners. They're with us every day, much like Nick and the rest of the gang. So uh, this is it. This is the culmination. We've done... I think in total, 14 qualifiers. And then, of course, we picked the three names from everyone that entered on the website last night. Congratulations to T-Bone, Rob Somerville, and Candace who got in. And uh, and Remo, now our final act of 2022 is going to be to drop the marbles for all of our qualifiers one more time and see who is the top dog in the Winnipeg Sports Talk Marbles Tournament of Champions. I'm pretty nervous how it's going to turn out. we got a lot of chat regulars here in the list. 46 marbles. I see a number of them today. Trevor Red Ranger is in. Phyllis and um, T. Conapoli. I think he's a favorite. I see Jeff Johnson in chat. He's in. There's a number of people. Will Free Oleg win? 22 Canuck said uh, he's excited. We've got emails people who said they never won anything before. They're excited for this. And who was it yesterday who said, uh, I gotta be honest, guys, like I'm super, uh, I'm super pumped it, super pumped <laughs> at. So, uh, by the way, a couple more, uh, super chats, uh, M Sheldon. Thank you. M Sheldon. Happy oh, new year. WST. Good luck to all in the marble race. Uh, and Al glass. Broderick as well. Al happy new year. And thank you very much for the, uh, for the support. All right. Before you unveil, our championship track, Remo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we need to unveil. And by the way, a special thank you to Tristan Rivers Music, who was an early qualifier, and Candace for the incredible work that they have done with the songs, the videos, and the different versions of the Marble Race song. Um, that was another huge treat. It was like a musical advent calendar on WST throughout the month of December. Yes, I said I wanted just an acoustic one. I didn't know we were going to get it like a new one of a different musical style every day. So that was like a present, opening a present every morning, getting the emails uh, with the song. So uh, an incredible work. And we do have a special uh, finale song well, here too. I, I think that it's about that time to... Uh, Cue up qualifier Tristan Rivers music one more time. And thanks again, Tristan. You are the best. Uh, 
listen, a, a mainstay for all the shows in the digital space. The creative genius behind some of these things is so much fun. And uh, it has really taken this show and this the fun that we have, especially with the Marvel race, to another level. One more time in 2022, but a new version, a championship version of the Marble song before we drop it for Bomber season tickets courtesy of Consolidated Supply here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. It's the final Friday, another year nearly gone by. For those still standing, when a vent left thanks to Consolidated Supply. But for those whose day is done, relax and chat and cheer. There's always next time round a fresh marble start and a happy new year. It's time to do a final, 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 final marble race. No skill separating best to worst marble race. No need to time marbles as you were third, second, or first marble race in the balance. It's Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Tristan, I just need to sit back and applaud <laughs> the Queen version with special lyrics. Uh, the chat is absolutely on fire right now. Um, Rima, I didn't think that we could get it. I'm not, I wasn't sure they could top everything that Tristan had dropped on us through the month of December. But what a way to finish up 2022 on WST with that. Yeah, uh, if you, I don't know if you saw me with a Freddie Mercury mustache and a leotard uh, throwing <laughs> Oleg over the top rope. So oh, the I did. If you're listening on the podcast, you're got to come in and see all these uh, Taylor videos. <laughs> yeah, go to the YouTube. Videos. It is definitely worth your while if you've made it this far to uh, get over there to YouTube. Tristan, unbelievable. All right, well, there's only one thing left to do. And that's once again, thanks, Consolidated Supply. Shout out Tristan for giving them a stroke for the uh, for the uh, Tournament of Champions in the song. Um, and now the qualifiers are set. Remus, where are we going today? I know you, uh, you've been testing some tracks, and uh, we've got a good one for our final. So we tested a bunch. We ran the race. We did win, the, win, run this track in one qualifier, Slippery Slopes. This is going to be an epic finish. Uh, everyone's name is in there. I know Manny says he doesn't see his name. Uh, pretty confident they're all in there. I'm Don't pretty worry. I copied Don't. it from the thing. They're all in there. And here it is. Just a quick rundown. Steph, Cowboy, M. Sheldon, Trevor Red Ranger, Polish Pumper, SK, Phyllis, Mike Wynn, Royster, Bartholomew, Tristan Rivers Music, Ross Ransby, Jeff Johnson, Cord Kicker, Smoke Speed Run Corner, Ramo Auto, Winnipeg Walter, David Zirk, Bobby B, Jeremy Nickerson, Russ Lowen, Mike Cochran, Winnipeg, T. Kona Pauly, Jeff Wozny, Jeff Coldwell, Mike Rogers, Jay Ferg, Free Oleg, Pie Boy, 22 Canuck, Bruce H, Walk With Vince, I Heart Gaming, Brad Woods, Brad Kerbison, Jeff Bose, Sean Clark, Manny Fran, Goody Gravy, Smoley, Dom Zappia, Key, 
And then our online qualifiers, T-Bone, Rob Somerville, and Candace Jane. Everyone, you've made it this far. Now it's time to win the slippery slopes and a pair of 2023 season tickets for the best damn team in the Canadian Football League on the Unfinished Business Tour. Thanks again to Joe Buck, Spicy, the guys at Consolidated Supply for their support of us. This has been way better than we could have even imagined. And one final time in 2022, Michael Remus, let's drop the marbles in the Tournament of Champions. Here we go. The slippery slopes. Phyllis with a nice start. Jeff Wozni looking good. Stakes are high, and it is so close coming out. Looks like M. Sheldon's got a nice uh, rig. Trevor Red Ranger. Winnipeg Walters there as well. Uh, it is absolutely anybody's race right now, Reem. Yes, this is pretty uh, pretty wild. Uh, everyone's in there, but this is going to be a lengthy one, so it's a marathon, not a sprint here. That's exactly right. M. Sheldon putting together a little bit of space. Uh, Bruce H., I see Pie Boy there. Jeremy's got some nice speed right now. Now we get into uh, into the first of the funnels. Who uh, Who's going to get down first right now as we look to see who... This is always a very key, key part of uh, of any race. Who is getting through the funnel first? Looks like Goody, uh, Goody Gravy with a very slight lead right now. Winnipeg Walter, Bengals fan extraordinaire now with the lead. Brad Woods, Gord, I see Jeff Wozni in there. I think Manny as well. Ramo Otto looking pretty good, but uh, right now... You see that boulder? It's blocking the track. Not everyone can get through. <laughs> oh, my God. It just this fell. Is a, this is a disaster, a catastrophe. Manny Fred was looking good into first, but no. Right now, it is Winnipeg Walter and Brad Woods. Brad with some speed right now. The marbles collide. Jeff Wozni on a bit of a heater running through. And there's been a stop. Winnipeg Walter looking like he's going to be the first one that got through. Although Walter stopped too. There is a lot going on right now. A major traffic jam of the marbles. Now everyone's rolling again. But Winnipeg Walter, with a bit of a lead right now that he's built up, hits the first obstacle as we get through. Still have not had any, uh, any uh, eliminations right now. Oh, and here we get into the skis. Dom Zappia, Walk with Vince, Brad Woods, Cord Kicker, Manny Franz there, Ramo Otto, Jeff Wozni. But Winnipeg Walter seemingly with a slight lead right now, working the skis, trying to be the first marble out. Walter's first two eliminations has uh, Goody Gravy oh, and Titus T-Bone. T-Bone over the top rope. Sorry, guys. It was a good run. All right. Winnipeg Walter looks like he's got a bit of a lead right now. Candace Jane over the top rope. Oh, sorry to hear that, Candace. Um, Walter's got slowed down a little bit. Oh, Jeff Wozni and Bartholomew out. Now we've got SK. We've got Dom and Walk with Vince that are trying to make a push to Winnipeg Walter. But Walter right now, first up this tube and still in control of today's. Marble Race Tournament of Champions finale. But uh, we've got Brad Woods making some moves right now. 
and Manny Fran as well. Big slide. Will Walter get it? Will Walter get it? Is he in? We have a winner. Winnipeg Walter, the first ever winner and champion of the Winnipeg Sports Talk Tournament of Champions. And Remo, great call on slippery slopes. And you look and see, Walter got in. Not everyone is getting into that final one. So it certainly was an incredible, incredible race and an incredible run. Winnipeg Walter, our champion. Manny Fran coming up second. Brad Kerbison, number three. Walk with Vince, number four. Dom Zappia, fifth. The Polish Pumper, number six. Key three, SK, Pie Boy, and Peppermint Patty. Ross Ransby, Roscoe, wasn't your day, my friend. Still a couple marbles still to come. We'll see whether they get burnt. Tristan Rivers music, <laughs> stealing the show, just hanging out at the top of the slippery slope, deciding whether he wants to come down. Here we go. Here's Tristan finishing it up. And it's in Winnipeg, Walter. Listen, there was a high probability that it was going to be one of our regulars that we're going to win this thing, Remo. Um, but I got to tell you, shout out to Walter in here almost every day. Yes, he's given me a lot of brain damage when his Bengals have beaten my Chiefs on multiple occasions. But uh, still great to see one of our regs. And thanks again to everyone part from participating. I have a feeling, Remo, that considering the success of the December Tournament of Champions. Uh, uh, one thing I can tell you without without any question is that we'll be doing some more special marble races. It's almost like the marbles have become synonymous with WST. I tweeted out yesterday, I had tons of people at the game come up, talk to me, not about the Big Jets win afterwards, but about the race that we just put through. Walter, congratulations. Yeah, I was kind of worried like doing it every day would kind of give overkill, but... Um, no. I think the suspense was certainly there. I was hitting, like my hand was shaking, hitting the start button. I've never been so nervous running, like uh, picking a track. This was an excellent track. We did have a couple uh, DNFs, 30 of 46 did finish. It was when you got to the skis, when yep. it was pretty wild uh, in there on the skis. So um, I wasn't sure if Walter was going to make the jump. You weren't sure because I think it was Brad Woods who was second. He fell just short. Yeah, and Walter got in the cup, and he was there. Manny, you know, it was Manny Fran was second. He was like almost twenty seconds behind Walter. So a very well run race by Walter, who was in chat. We're typing in all caps. Very excited. Says he never wins anything. He is so excited. Uh, let me pull up. He says, uh, "I'm trying to think what else he wrote." He says, "I can't believe it." Woo! Uh, Winnipeg Walter with the Bengals logo beside his name. Very, very pumped for these season Tito tickets. Paul has texted Mike Lindell about the results today. Uh. <laughs> oh, man. Paulie, everyone, this was such a fun way to finish up. Just an amazing year for us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. And Walter, congratulations. Season tickets. We'll get those arranged in the first couple weeks in January when the guys at Consolidated Supply are back in the office. We'll work, uh, we'll work all that out. Uh, but in the meantime... Just promise us this. If you can't go to a game, 
Let's uh, fire the tickets to us, and we'll do a marble race for them here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. <laughs> any any reason to crank out the marbles again. Um, Remo, what a year it's been, and what a great, fun way to end it. Big Jets win last night. Big marble race today. Bomber season tickets, courtesy of Consolidated Supply. And uh, McDavid and the Oilers getting ready for the Jets tomorrow night for one final game in 2022. Yeah, what a great year. It's been, we had so much fun. Uh, you know, the end of the Jets season was blah. The Bomber season was awesome, except for uh, the final game. And this start of this season, the 20, you know, October, basically since the summer, um, it's been awesome. And I can't say I would have thought the Jets would be battling for first place, uh, even though they have so many injuries. Uh, they can still win games. And I'm looking forward to seeing McDavid. And hopefully it's not a New Year's Eve, you know, New Year's Eve thrashing. We get a competitive game and the Jets a load of close ones. So we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully Morrissey is in the lineup. We're all uh, kind of nervous. It doesn't sound like something too serious. It sounds like they think that he should be able to go, but kind of a little, you know, he's team's top scorer. Hustler. And that's something yeah. also I don't think we, I thought we would be saying as well. No. And you know what? And with all the, the accolades we've given to Josh Morrissey and Connor Hellebuck and Mark Shifley, the 2022 Winnipeg Sports Talk Man of the Year. Let me see those bones in the chat, everybody. <laughs> Rick Bonus. Rick Bonus, man of the year on Winnipeg Sports Talk, the author of the most incredible, improbable turnaround, um, just in atmosphere, in everything. Like, I don't know if I've ever seen a coach come in and be more impactful than what Rick Bonus has been. The team sure as hell needed it, but they're getting it right now. Hell of a lot of fun going to the rink right now and a lot of fun watching this team continue to push forward despite everything that has been thrown at them. And uh, it's going to be a real fun 2023 and hopefully we'll be getting the whites out come spring. Still lots of work to be done, but we'll look forward to uh, talking all about it. Come Tuesday on our show. We'll have Monday off for new year's, but uh, we will be back on Tuesday. That's going to be a game day. I believe the jets hosting the Calgary flames that day uh, and Tampa Bay coming up. So um on behalf of Michael Remus, folks, a very happy new year. Be safe. Don't drink and drive. Enjoy it with family and friends. Have one for us. And uh, we will look forward to seeing you in 2023. Thank you so much for the support on a daily basis. Tell a friend. That's the New Year's resolution for everyone. Tell somebody about Winnipeg Sports Talk. Show them how to subscribe to the ch channel. And let's grow as we get into Year three in early March. Hard to believe. Um, it's going to do it for us, folks. Have a great weekend. Enjoy New Year's Eve. We'll see you next year on Tuesday, as a matter of fact, with more right here on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Have a great one. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at winnipegsportstalk.com.